We are back. We're back. Episode 14. Episode 14. Recorded one day after episode 13 because we will not be here next Thursday to record episode 14. That is correct. You got a surprise coming. I have no idea what's happening. I'm so excited. Took a picture of you in your muck boots and posted it to Discord. You did. People have no idea what's happening. <laughs> I, I, I want to, if there was a way to exclude you <clears throat> in a conversation on Discord, I would totally just tell everybody what's happening. I think you can. Because they would be over elated, but I don't want, I don't want the surprise to be ruined. I bought a phone mount to stick on the windshield so that just in case you catch what's happening before it does, I can catch you crying. I love that. <laughs> I love, you know, I'm going to cry. I love that we're making a <clears throat> compilation of me crying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I sent AJ the crying video of you when you open the chocolates. And he's like, what the hell is she crying over? <laughs> and I had to send the, the the longer video of you opening the chocolates. It was specialty thought. I'm getting flustered. Especially chocolates because you thought of me. Yeah, Because you made it a big deal to tell me how much you love specialty chocolate. I did. And I was just expecting you to like Instacart something from Publix. <laughs> no, I got good chocolate. Oh, yeah. This is the best chocolate <laughs> I've ever tasted in my life. I should send that dude a thank you. And be like, we talked about your chocolates on To Be Better. I want a discount code. <laughs> uh, which, you know, we did that. Um, we talked about it a little bit last week on episode 30. Well, yesterday. would be last week for you guys. Yeah. So yesterday for us. Uh, <clears throat> Titan Medical finally got back to me and gave us a coupon code and a link for new patients. So for all of you men and ladies who have hormone issues or low libido, Titan Medical is your shit. I promise you, like, I'm going to put the link in the description, the coupon code when you do your new patient, when they call you, tell them to be better Titan. Tell them that we sent you. They will give you 50% off your, la- or $50 off your labs if you're a man and 75 off your labs if you're a woman. It's a big savings. And, and like, I know that, like, this is going to sound very, like, they're paying me to say this. I'm not getting shit. No. I, I organized this entire thing for them just so that you guys can get a coupon code because I believe in the company but I believe that you need your hormones checked even more. So even if you don't go through them, you need to find somebody. But getting the discounts, getting the discount. I'm about it. Oh, yeah. Super dope. Yep. I am uh, hyper fixating on the fact that women save more money than men do in that, though. Yeah. Well, it's because the women's labs are a lot more intensive than men's are. Really? Yep. You guys got a whole lot more going on in there. Hmm. So, but, uh, you know, when I had, um, I was having liver lipid issues the last time I got my blood work done. My, um, because I, I'm on testosterone replacement therapy, my liver lipids were high and they had, um, glutathione. I don't remember what it was, but they had an injectable. When they read my panel, they're like, Hey, we have something to get your liver back to normal. I was like, sweet. And the next time I got my blood work done, it was below high. So I was back in normal ranges and it only took one, one cycle of blood work. That's crazy. Yep. They're the shit. I get I, my blood work done. Yeah, you should. I, I've known I've known the people at Titan since t- 2016 when I first started getting all this done, and I've used a lot of their shit. I've done all their um, they have a B complex. They call Titan Complete. Mm-hmm. That's what we took this morning, uh, and it's an injectable B vitamin. But I, I'm telling you, after like like today, because it's not in my system yet, we did a cardio this morning, and I had the ECA stack, so like I had energy for cardio. But I'm, I've been very sluggish for the last three or four days. Yeah, and I don't feel sluggish right now. It's starting to. To get back in my system, I feel good. So I agree with that statement, but I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we actually did cardio today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't discount that. I don't mean like mm-hmm. mentally. I feel good. I mean like my body Physically. is starting to feel like I I could. I don't feel sluggish. Yeah, I feel like you're moving through salt water. You know what I mean? Like that's how I almost always feel. Really? Yeah, it sucks. And then when I've got all the extra energy from everything that I I get from them and I take I. Mm-hmm. I feel like Sheldon in the Big Bang Theory. Zoom, <laughs> zoom, 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 zoom. 
Where's the coffee? <laughs> I constantly feel like I am a 300-year-old wooden doll. Yeah? Wooden, specifically. Yes, specifically wooden. Oh, yeah. My back? <clears throat> that sucks. <laughs> it does. It's rough. And I'm really glad you don't creak when you move. I mean, I pop. Because that would be a very awkward sleeping scenario. Why? Because I'd have to push you off the bed. You'd have to sleep on the floor or something. I couldn't hear you going every time you roll over. I had to find a way to like wood oil you yeah. or something. Put jojoba oil on your joints. I don't know. You know what? I wish that would solve my issues. <laughs> We're dumb. That's such a simple solution. Yeah. But no, I'm a human with bones. Yeah. How how inconvenient that oh, is. It really is. So we have... um. We, we got those chairs, the big round ones mm-hmm. that we've been using as our nap chairs in the living room yeah. and like for you and the kids to watch TV on. We all cuddle on it. It's super dope. I, I really want to put those in that red room and set up another podcast room. That I, makes me a little bit sad. I know. I know it does because you like those chairs, but I like do. I don't want our podcast sideshow and side piece to all look the same. Mm-hmm. So if we could do, even if we just did just the podcast in the red room. And then everything else was in here. Or if we did, you know what I mean? Just so that there was one change, I, I feel like it would be beneficial. And like I could, you know, I could really set the lights up in there and just keep that set up into a smaller environment. It's not as big as this. Just do two cameras, maybe do it for like a side piece. I, I don't really know. I, I just, I feel like that room is such a waste of space. And I would really like to have a second setup. I feel like it would look good to have a change of scenery. And for people who watch us on YouTube, they would be able to see like, oh, this must be the side piece because they're in the red room instead of the blue one, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a good idea. All I think about is though we're going to have to furnish another room. Yeah, but I mean, we have the furniture. We've been been moving things around to make that work. You know, we have all of these extra desks. We have, we have a lot. We could right. realistically, we could take that kitchen table out of there, put your computer in here, put the vinyl cutter in there and put that kitchen table in the red room and use that kitchen table as our podcast table because that's how we started. Yeah, it was. And we just put that that light directly over us and find a way to mount the cameras, call it a day. I don't know. Anyways, that well, we'd have to buy more microphones and shit too. Right. That's a whole yeah, maybe we should hold off on that. I didn't think about the microphone expense cuz there, there's a grand just in microphones. Yep. Back to the drawing board. We'd have to also redo this system in there. <clears throat> Unless no. you're willing to move all of it. Yeah, I would just take the cameras off. No, I mean like I, all of I that. wouldn't do any of that. I would just take the cameras on the tripods. I would take the two main cameras and put them in the room. And then just record? And just record and put them on the cards. I wouldn't do anything live in there. That's what all this is. This oh, is all okay. live. This is for my my peace of mind to know that we're in the, the shot. But I don't need that. Realistically, once I hit record, I know we're in the shot. But, you know, there, we have options. Anyways, that's that. now that I've thought about the income aspect of that, I'm going to hold off on that because I don't want to continue dropping money into this. I'd like to, to make some of it back first. So we have the platform for these things is that we're supposed to have an hour of conversation before we get into the podcast, but because we didn't have a whole lot of anything happen between yesterday and today, yeah, I don't have a whole lot of conversation to have. Um, I have noticed that the algorithm on TikTok has changed. It has. Which sucks. It's kind of neat when you scroll back and you look and one of your videos has got millions of views on it that you posted a week ago, but normally they, they roll out real quick. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm so used to seeing that within the first 24 to 48 hours and then it slows down and it's it feels like they're letting it out in splurts instead of just dumping it and letting it go. Right. Um, I don't know. You're almost at 300,000. That's I exciting. Am. I'm like 9,000 9, away. Give her a follow on, on, on TikTok. Inked yeah. underscore goddess 13. We really should change that too. My P- only concern. To be better peaches or something. 
my only concern in changing it is that everybody on this app knows me as ink underscore goddess. Right. It didn't affect me at all changing my name. Well, I had people trying to tag you in my comments and are like, oh, well, he's not showing up anymore. Yeah. And I still jumped 200,000 followers. I'm not saying that you need to change it, but. I'm doing it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you should wait and we should. We should do a TikTok saying you're going to change your name. Okay. That way people can look for the the name change so that if they wanted to tag you in something, they can. I have to be honest, though. The tagging me and shit, I don't see it. I don't. Oh, yeah. No, with all the comments and shit that are happening. Yeah. I have such a hard time Mm -hmm. keeping up with any of that anymore that Mm -hmm. like I don't I don't even look. I will go look at the mentions every once in a while to see if people have have duetted or stitched. But even then, I don't really care. You know, it's cool that people are doing it. It's nice that they're sharing our, our work, but I don't. I'm not going to engage them in conversation. I don't have time for it. Right. I'm to the point now that even with the Discord with Patreon, like Patreon, you're going to have to run the Discord. I can't. Mm-hmm. It's too much. Ooh, Ryan, it's, the it's, Discord it's, is. It's too much. I'm learning a lot. I'm so technologically impaired. Yeah. Well, you're also going to learn Premiere so you can start doing clips. Yes, I am. Yeah, we're going to. There's a lot. We have a lot doing, a lot to do. We have a lot going on. I am looking forward to coming back like and having that four-day rest i think that i'm going to leave my main phone here and take the secondary when we leave yeah i I really don't want to deal with any of this while we're gone i you know we can discord i can put discord on there Mm -hmm. but i get you know 100 plus emails a day i I don't know i don't know what i'm gonna do i really want to take the downtime when we leave though oh yeah i agree so we had a conversation that we wanted to talk about and it was your conversation so you can kick that off we're gonna start with calling it masculinity versus being a pomegranate (laughs) Is that what we're calling a, a female's anatomy right now? Yes. Okay. A pomegranate. A pomegranate. So the things that we want men to do out of masculinity, you know, opening the doors, I was going to say the front door, but car doors, entering into buildings, walking behind us up the stairs, walking in front of us down the stairs, gentlemen things. When they do do that kind of thing, they are more inclined to society to be called a pomegranate. A pomegranate. <laughs> They're simping. Okay. You're doing too much. Yeah. Why would a man want to continue doing things in society that's not only being shit on by women saying we are strong and independent, you don't have to allow us into a building on top of being a pom- called a pomegranate by everybody else in society? So let me ask you, a man who is not a pomegranate, how do you not let men who... Let's say you have a friend circle. You're in that friend group. You do something for me and they're like, oh man, you're fucking whipped. How would you respond to that? Uh, well, first and foremost, I wouldn't hang out with men who act like that. Right. I have I have a higher standard of the people in my life. And if you can't meet those standards, you won't be in my life. Mm-hmm. And I don't want men in my life that look at that as a shortcoming. The men in my life are going to see that and go, you're a good man. Mm-hmm. I want that kind of man around me. If I have somebody in my life that's like, oh, you're such a simp for her, or you're whipped, you're a pomegranate, whatever, I'm not, you're not going to remain in my life very long. Right. But I'm going to make a very big deal about it. So in that scenario that that happened, I'd be like, yeah, bro, because I love my woman and because I fucking respect her and because she takes care of my house and takes care of my children and she does everything that a good woman is supposed to do. And if you think that makes me somehow weak or a frail man, you got your life fucked up, bro. You need to go check yourself. Because I guarantee you that your woman's fucking miserable. I would berate them. I love that. It would be a very bad day for somebody if they did that to mm-hmm. me. I don't, I don't, <clears> um, <throat> I, I've said this before and I, and I even put the video on TikTok. I don't want low hanging fruit in my life. 
Right. I don't. It's just not a thing. If Mm -hmm. you can't hold yourself to a standard that makes other people want to look up to you, go away. That's all there is to that. Mm -hmm. I love that mindset. That's the mindset that keeps relationships happy. Because I know people, women specifically, who have complained that my man did this for me in front of his friends. They made fun of him, and now he's not doing it in public anymore. Yeah. Well, that how weak-minded is, are you? Right. As a man, if somebody says something like that, and you change your entire personality type and the way that you treat your partner, mm-hmm. what does that say about your, your, your manhood and your character? You're letting other people influence your decisions. Mm-hmm. You're letting them dictate your life. That, I, I, I can't imagine that. Mm-hmm. I understand, like, not wanting to be made fun of. Right. I get that. You're fat. Oh, shit. Somebody called me on being overweight. I need to fucking start going to the gym again. Mm-hmm. I can understand that because now it could be taken from a place of love. If one of my best friends was like, bro, you've put on like 30 or 40 pounds and you can fucking see it. I'm taking that from a, a position of love, not hate. Especially because they <clears> know <throat> how it affects your mental health when you gain weight that right. way. And it's because the people in my life are people of integrity mm-hmm. and not fuck boys. Yep. And there's a difference. There was something else that I wanted to say on that topic. And, and I, I honestly, I lost it. It was... Um, I lost it. It doesn't it's matter. Gone. Yep. Irrelevant, I guess. The other part of your, your conversation when you brought that whole thing up to mm-hmm. me was that men who act like that are called pomegranates. And the men who um, are emotionally available and or vulnerable, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. emotionally vulnerable and, and do those things are also called pomegranates, but then by their women because yep. they're told they want all these things. And then when they meet those standards, women shit on them for it. And now I'm going to take that segue and specifically talk to women. If you are in a relationship with anybody and that person comes to you, you are supposed to be that sole person that they can divulge their entire existence to and not feel judged and not feel like they're going to be berated or called a name or feel like that their feelings don't matter, especially a man. If you're in a relationship with a man who is an asshole to every single person in his life except for you, there's a reason. And if he divulges any emotion to you, any vulnerability, any trauma, any hurt to you, and you throw that back in his face and say that makes you less of a man, you're a piece of shit woman. And if you do that in spite because you feel like that you are not having your emotional needs met, that's not the right answer. Oh, I'm getting a little bit heated. That's good. Keep going. (laughs) I'll fucking clip this and stick it on TikTok. I need to take a deep breath so I can articulate myself better. Okay. Well, while you're thinking about that, I remember what I was going to say. Okay. When it comes down to um, men in like challenging their friends and their their friends changing the behavior like that, mm-hmm. there is a um, a follower mindset in that you are a sheep in that aspect. So, <clears throat> are, when I hear that, when, when you said that earlier, my initial thought went: Are you too f- afraid to stand on your own two feet? Mm-hmm. When you have a man who does that because the, his friends shit on him, and he changes the way he treats you, know that you will not be protected. You are not going to be safe with that man at all because he's a coward. He won't stand on his own two feet. We we have lost what true masculinity is in Western culture, mm-hmm. and it's a fucking problem. It is. And, and the more we believe that it is not okay to be a strong, stoic, masculine man, the more foul things happen. The more women are abused. The more there, there's physical violence against women. There's more S.A., those things happen in a lack of masculinity, not in an abundance of it. Mm-hmm. Because if you put four of my friends and I in a room and we see something going on, we will stomp a mud hole in somebody. We're not doing that. You are not going to be disrespectful to a woman in front of us. But if you get a bunch of young men who are sheepish 
like the scenario that I just gave and one of them starts acting up and the other three or four follow suit. Now you have four or five men being inappropriate because not one of them are strong enough in their masculinity to stand up and be like, Hey, you're fucking wrong for that. Mm -hmm. You need to pay attention to people's actions because that Mm -hmm. shit shows. Actions are everything. You can say whatever the fuck you want to say, but your actions are going to show who you are in the long run. And piggybacking on your masculinity, talking about the masculinity how it's dying and how less women are going to be protected. Women who want to stand up and say, well, I can defend myself. I want you to think about a scenario. If there are four women in a room versus six men and you have nothing to protect yourself but your own strength, every single one of you is going down. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go as far as to say the same thing if you're a man. If you're going to get six people, you're fucked. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, that in that same scenario, that whole... The women that are going to make those comments are the same ones that are going to go, if it wasn't for men, we wouldn't need defense from men. The problem is, is you are demasculating men. You are, mm-hmm. you are calling everything that they're doing toxic masculinity. And when you have a true masculine man, they are defenders. Mm-hmm. The more you take away that masculinity and the weaker men become and the more group thought they have, the more unsafe you're going to be. Yeah. So this is not a matter of you need less men. You need more masculine men. You need more stoic men. You need more men who fucking understand that it is our duty to keep people safe. Mm-hmm. Why do you think more 85% of military personnel are, are men? Firemen are high, you know, high percentage men, police officers, high percentage men. It is our duty to protect. It's fucking instilled us over 300,000 years of evolution. Right. If, if we were in a tribe and some some other tribe ran into our fucking camp in the middle of the night and tried to kill everyone, the men would be the ones that are trying to save the women and children. Mm-hmm. Women are trying to get the children the fuck out of there. You guys are taught to run and hide where we're taught to fucking kill and be killed. Yep. It's wild to me. I want to say this before I forget it. I don't know if it's really relevant to the topic, but I just had a thought. If there was a scenario in the world where a woman is berating men in public and it happens, mm-hmm. I like riots and whatnot. Not riots, but um, protests. Right. I view them as riots because they are very negative and harsh. When I think of a protest, I think of something peaceful. Yeah. And what those radical feminists do, in my view, that's not a peaceful thing. You know who the most powerful mm-hmm. man who ever lived was? Mm-hmm. Gandhi. Okay. He changed the entire outcome of a country, mm-hmm. um, and most of Asia, without ever hurting anyone. Yeah. Completely nonviolent, peaceful changed the entire course of a culture mm-hmm. by himself, by peaceful protesting and the way that he handled things. It's insane to me when you really think about it. It is really crazy to think about. <clears throat> You're pretty hot over there. I like that whole getup that you got going. Yeah. Yep. I, I've never been a fan of cardigans. I think that they're very like, I, I don't know, but it, it works. You have this like little librarian thing going and it, it really does it for me. Yeah, I'm enjoying my new wardrobe. I'm really thinking about going through my closet and donating a lot of clothes and just yeah. slowly bringing in new things. I'm comfortable with this. This makes me feel feminine and pretty. And So what we'll do is because this will be a, a premiere on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, on the, the following Monday. Right. So for you guys who are listening that would like to contribute to Chris's new, new wardrobe, super chat right now, give us donations to buy her clothes. Stop it. That way, <laughs> that way when you buy the new clothes, you can be like, oh, I got this from so-and-so's donation and I got this from so-and-so's donation. How cool would that be? I would do a fashion show. Could absolutely put it on TikTok or put it on Instagram or even Discord. Yeah, I would make a full-fledged <clears throat> video on trying on the outfits that you guys contributed to purchasing. Yeah. Oh man, I'm getting nervous. Like, yeah. I don't know if it'll actually happen. I, I figured oh. it would just be a fun thing to do. 
Um, I also want to start doing like while we're recording, be like, all right, guys, this is where we need the content. Leave comments about what you think about this in the comment section. Yeah. And have it actually done in the comments versus the live chat. Mm -hmm. But I don't obviously that's not really relevant in the moment. Right. I, I am trying to verbalize that so that I don't forget it. So I'm going to pop back to my point because I didn't forget it. Go you. I know. I just tried really hard to listen to what you were saying while repeating to myself what I'm going to say so I don't lose it. Do you feel like I did okay acknowledging yeah, I your mean, thought? Yeah, you, you took a compliment. You <sighs> talked about Discord. You said you'd model. It was hard. Okay, so my point <clears throat> in saying, say there's women shouting, fuck all men. You guys are the reasons that X, Y, and Z is happening. We would be better if men just took a step down. All of these things, right? Say they dispersed. And then there were men waiting for those women to separate themselves to attack a couple of them. Mm -hmm. Those women are going to start to seek for somebody stronger or more capable to help them ward off these people. Yep. If there are men around, you're going to look to the men to help you because you cannot physically defend yourself if there's men overpowering you. Right. Do you think those men are going to want to help you after you just did all of that? No. But a real man, a masculine man, a real man would do it anyway. Masculinity fucking would do it anyways. Right. Absolutely. My point is, though, you can't push people down and expect them to submit to you and take all of the hatred you're putting on them and then look to them for help when it is life or death. I agree. You can't do that. And you know that it would be instinctual for them to look for a a strong masculine man to to defend them in those moments. Mm -hmm. And then then when it didn't, they would be like, I was attacked and people just watched and no one fucking helped me. Right. Yep. Yep. And before all the women pop off in the comments and say, well, I carry pepper spray and I have my concealed... Good. That is good. Absolutely. But what about that one time you're out walking your dog in your apartment complex and you forget you forget your stuff at home? Right. Or your headphones are in and you don't hear your attacker coming up behind you. Right. Yep. We've had those discussions. I, I've had those discussions a lot over the gas station video. Mm-hmm. And, and like at this point, I don't even want to talk about that fucking video anymore. But the amount of people who think they're John Wick and think that they can just Bruce Lee the shit out of everyone. Like, Mm-mm. I don't care who you are. If you are outnumbered, you are outnumbered. Yeah. If you are blindsided, you are blindsided. You are not going. It, it's not the fucking movies. It's not. You can always tell people who have been in conflict and people who have not. Because the people who are in conflict are very fucking realistic about things. Oh, yeah. Like, I know. I know that if I'm outnumbered, there's a very strong possibility I'm not coming out of that safe. Mm-hmm. Best way to avoid conflict and avoid a dangerous situation is to not fucking be there in the first place. Yep. What else you got on that topic? Because <clears throat> this this was like you were the day that you brought this up, you just ranted. You know, I don't even remember anything I said. No. I'm still hung up on though women throwing. Can I say the word now? It's been a while. Pomegranate. Pomegranate. Okay. I'll stay with pomegranate. You could call it. Vajazzling. Vajazzling. That's actually a thing. Yeah. Guys, Google that when you have some free time. Just don't do it at work. <laughs> Is someone taking that fucking bedazzle machine on? Pretty much. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's a thing. Is it piercing or they're no. actually? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just saw pictures of it because somebody at work one day was talking about it and I looked over and it was bedazzled. It was bedazzled. <laughs> okay. We could you could call it something different every single time. Oh, I'm just gonna stick with pomegranate. You could call it the pink taco. I like pomegranate. You can call it a cock sock. <laughs> you can't just say my nickname out loud like that. <laughs> call it a bag of holding. <laughs> uh, 
I think the most inappropriate thing you've ever called me, but I actually really love it because I think it's super cute as pocket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My hot pocket. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That was your <laughs> name on our Facebook chat for a long time. Uh, so I'm just going to rant a little bit longer on okay. the women calling their Have men pomegranate. Because AJ can get clips from it. That is how you damage. That's how you ruin good men. If you are a woman who is not healed through their trauma, say you were in a past relationship with a man who was extremely abusive to you. And in your survival mode, you would match his level of intensity. So you would start yelling, screaming, calling names, throwing things in his face because he was doing it to you. And now you're in a new relationship and you're with a man who doesn't do anything like that. He's a super sweet dude. He has his flaws. He frustrates you and gets under your skin a little bit. But once you enter fight or flight and you're triggered and you're living that scenario that you had with your ex, knowing that that is not your current partner and you start throwing things in his face and calling him names and yelling at him and berating him because you can't control your emotions or resolve the trauma and the damage from somebody else, you are ruining that good man. And you're going to take a little bit of a piece of him every single time that happens. Yep. And before you know it, you're going to have all the pieces. He's going to be a shell of a man of who he was. He's not even going to recognize himself when he looks in the mirror. Right. Every single day is going to be Groundhog Day for him. He's going to wake up, know there's going to be conflict that day, go to work, come home, and know he is not going to be appreciated. Yep. And because he's not going to feel appreciated, he's not going to appreciate you. And in turn, that's going to build more resentment in you. And you're going to continue to berate that man. What were you going to say? It's also going to create a whole lot of, I'm not doing this. I'm mm-hmm. not doing that. I'm not going to help you. We're not going to have conversation. I'm going to start drinking. We're going to start playing video games. There's going to be a whole lot of things that are going to start happening in that scenario from a man who otherwise would not do those things because he's looking for an out. Right. That that shell of a man shit really changes people. And, it and, does. and when you start dating somebody, you you have a reason that you want to be with them. Mm-hmm. And as you start to change who they are to fit what you think they need to be, you're going to end up with somebody who's not who you started with. And that's where everybody in the comments going, well, he changed. He's changed. He's not the same person I started. He's a narcissist. He hit it for the first six years. And now all of a sudden he's a piece of shit. Yeah. Because he's fucking miserable because of the way that things are going or women for that matter. So when you're constantly in a sense, telling your man that he is a pomegranate and you're throwing his vulnerabilities back in his face. And if he gets emotional in front of you or he starts crying and you tell him that he is less of a man because of that, like I said, you're taking pieces of him. Mm-hmm. And every time you take a piece, he's going to view a relationship different. You think everything is fine and dandy because now you're out of your trauma response. You're not in fight or flight. You've cried and apologized for treating him the way you did. And now everything is back to normal for you because he said it's okay. Right. But you can't take back everything you just said to him. That's going to be on repeat in his mind. And now he knows every time that there is a tense moment, he is going to have to listen to you do that over and over and over again. The relationship is going to diminish for him. Mm -hmm. You're going to be thinking that, you know, he still loves you. You're going to be expecting all of this affection and you're going to be wanting to be held and treated like a princess and a goddess. That's not going to happen. Right. Well, when a man sees you as a demon, of course not. Right. Yep. I don't remember anything else I was going to say. So when, when that scenario, when a woman does that and that's their natural default is to just be unhappy and shitty. Mm-hmm. What are the steps that they take to start fixing that? The women? Because I guarantee you that there are women who are listening to this episode that are going, damn, I do that when he walks into I'm shitty person. Right. Or I've thrown his vulnerabilities in his face or our relationship is not good and maybe I'm the fucking problem. Mm-hmm. And like, 
people will take accountability. Obviously, there are people who are going to be like, that's not me. But there are people who are going to be like, damn, I might be that problem. And if I'm that okay. problem, how do I resolve it? So for the ones who want to take an active step in solving things in your relationship and anything that was just said you relate to where he comes home and you immediately start nagging about something he forgot to do or he gets emotional in front of you and you're like, oh, my God, are you crying? You have to go to that man and apologize. That would be the first thing I do. I would say I listened to something today. I recognize that I have been a piece of shit partner to you and I am sorry for everything I've ever done to make you feel like less of a man. And I'm going to actively take steps to be better than that. And the only thing I can do is show you my actions because at this point my words mean nothing to you. That's heavy. That would be my first step. And I would finish it with, I hope that my actions do show you that because I don't want to be a disappointment to you anymore. Ooh. I don't want to be a disappointment of a wife or of a girlfriend. That's, that's, that's a lot. You're going to have a very emotional man. Yeah. Um, and on the same side of that, or the opposite side of that coin, man, if you are in that kind of relationship and your partner is that nagging negative person, you need to, if they're not willing to make the changes necessary in themselves to address what's happening, you're going to have to be the bigger person, swallow your fucking pride and start doing more to get them back into their feminine. Mm -hmm. Because women who act like that are living in their masculine energy and they're going to blame you for it, whether it's your, your fault or not. So unless they're willing to take the accountability and start working to change themselves because nobody could fucking change anyone. Mm -mm. Um, you are responsible for you. But if you have that partner and you start going above and beyond and you start trying to do more, more around the house, dancing, kissing, loving on them, holding their hand in the car, going on dates and try to regain that intimacy, they may follow suit. And if they don't follow suit and you've put in all that effort, you know that you're not going to ever have your wife back. Mm -hmm. Your partner's never going to be that same person because you can't make them change. And in the same aspect of all of that, women maintain um, power of intimacy in the home. I can be as intimate as I want with you and try to get playtime and tell you I love you and that you're beautiful and you're a great mom and thank you for doing the dishes and you're amazing and everything I want. And, and, and do all the housework and you could still sit on the house, uh, on the couch watching TV, playing on TikTok, eating fucking bonbons and still not put out because you're tired right? or emotionally exhausted or whatever your excuse is while I'm trying to do everything I can to regain the intimacy. And I can't push that mm -hmm. because society says that you can't do that. You're not allowed to even try once they say no, because then you're coercing and you're, you know, there's a whole fucking nonsense about all that, too. And I call it nonsense because I, I truly believe that one of the duties that you have to your partner is, is sexual gratification. Yeah, I agree. If you're married. It's your spousely duty. It is your spousely duty. Right. Spousal duty. Spousal. 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 Dis disposal. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I believe that. Yeah. Uh, it is your husband and wifely duties to make sure that your partner's needs are met. Mm -hmm. Not just sexually, but sexually is part of that. Right. I don't know. Okay, I have to think really, really hard now because you made me laugh and I had a point I wanted to make. See see how good it is when you can make someone laugh? That's how men that look like me get women who look like that. You just have to be funny. Stop it. <laughs> see? <laughs> it's more than that, though. I need you to reiterate the points you were making so it can trigger my mind. I don't remember the points I was Fuck. making. Fuck. I, I started making jokes and that went out the window. Okay. We were talking about men and women. We were talking about intimacy. 
in the way that women before that it. it was it was still on the men and women thing the men need to try to reclaim what they can mm-hmm. in their house by making sure that women are not okay. tired and exhausted while i got it back bonbons. i got okay. it back bonbons are fantastic oh my god i just almost lost it again because of the bonbons okay <laughs> fuck i did <laughs> Shit. We were talking about men and women, uh, and men needing to be okay. It's back. It's so hard. <laughs> I feel like I'm pulling. Out. Okay, Go. going. So it is hard to be the bigger person. There are times we don't have a lot of disagreements or tis moments. It's always miscommunications, and we have to find ways to articulate ourselves so the other person can understand. And that gets right. frustrating. Yeah, it does because. <laughs> For each other, it just feels like you're saying the same point over and over again because we're hearing the same words mixed up. Right. And until we can just get there, it's frustrating. And if we're in the middle of a discussion and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go pick up lunch and we can cool off a little bit and try to figure out how to do this. Even though I'm frustrated with you and I want to be like, F this guy, (laughs) I am still going to walk over and give you a kiss before I leave the house. I'm going to tell you that I love you. In those moments, keeping that intimacy alive shows you that I am not willing to give up something in our relationship that otherwise would happen just because I'm frustrated with you or because you're frustrated with me. In those moments of frustration, when you skip those moments of kissing your spouse goodbye or giving them a hug before you walk away or saying, I'm frustrated, I still love you, that's going to kill it in your normal day-to-day life outside of those moments of tension. You're going to become accustomed to not doing that to each other. Yeah, the habit, the, ha- the habit's being broken. Right. Yeah. You're accepting that change. Oh, I had another point. In moments where you are frustrated with one another and you're in separate bedrooms, even if you're frustrated, if you have a thought of, I miss them, Go and tell your partner that that's going to reel them back in and be like, even though I'm frustrated with this person, I do love them. What if you're lazy? That's a you problem. And they're in the other room. No, you get your ass up. There is no excuse. I I couldn't be like, hey, yo, bitch, I miss you. That wouldn't work. I would accept that because that would make me laugh. (laughs) Okay. See, it's all about laughter. But But that's not being lazy. When you said lazy, I imagine that you had that thought, but you're not going to get up and go and do it anyway. In those moments of tense frustration and you're mad at each other and you think of something like, get up and do it. Go to your partner and say, I know that we're in the middle of something, but I need to tell you right now that I love you. This does not change how I feel about you. When we have moments of disagreement or whatever is happening... And we're in separate rooms and I think about you. I get off my ass and I come to wherever you're doing, wherever you are. I'm like, what are you up to? Are you feeling any better? Do you want to continue the conversation? If it's a no, okay. I love you. I just wanted to check on you. Yeah. That's important because it's letting the person know that you don't hate them. Right. And you still care. Right. And for people who have mental disorders or childhood trauma or trauma in general, those, those moments can really Mm de-escalate the way somebody's feeling. And you can take something that would be an all day affair and make it a fucking hour long process. Uh, we talked about it. I th- did we talk about it on, on an episode or was I it on have live no stream? Idea. We we got to the point where like our first argument was very long. Mm-hmm. It was an all day or, uh, ordeal. And yeah, the, that was last one on the live stream. The last one we had was resolved in fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. So 
and every one of them was a miscommunication where we weren't listening right or we weren't understanding what was being said and we were arguing the same point over and over and over again right I want to point that out. That first time you said it was an all day affair. It was like eight or nine hours. Yeah, it was all day. It was an all day thing. And the last one we had was only 10 or 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. That shows that both of us are working on the things we need to work on to communicate effectively with each other. If your guys' arguments are never resolved or your moments of frustration are never resolved or that every time you have one, it's an eight or 10 hour ordeal and the next day is completely ruined because of it. Neither of you are doing what needs to be done to effectively communicate. Yeah. If one of you just takes the time, say you say something I don't understand, I'm going to say I don't understand. Right. I need you to rephrase that. And when you say that, <clears throat> that eliminates everything. Instead of you arguing a point or reacting out of emotion because you didn't understand and now you're going to, are you accusing me? Mm-hmm. When you just say, I don't understand, they rephrase it. You just eliminated probably an hour of arguing. Yeah, absolutely. And we're saying, can I need you to define the way that you just meant that? Because I, right. I want to make sure that I'm hearing you mm-hmm. um, or even repeating it back. This is what I just heard you say. Is that, is that what you meant? Is that what you said? Because, you know, that, that actually helps too. Yeah. I would also like to point out that that 15 to 15 minute argument, uh, that miscommunication got heated to the point that there were tears involved. And within 10 minutes, there was laughter. Yeah. Like we went back to completely normal within 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I would... Our, our argument time lasted almost as long as the recovery time. Mm-hmm. It, that's insane. So, yeah. What were you about to say? Well, I was going to say I'm not, I, I was crying. I, I was the one that had tears. Just to clarify, guys, I know he gets emotional a lot of the time, but it was me this time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I it, appreciate you not, not taking away the man card on the video cameras. I got you. Yeah, I'll slide it on the floor. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> fucking stupid yeah um and it it wasn't because you were being mean to me it wasn't because you were saying things that were making me feel like bad like i had to cry i was crying because i was frustrated because i was recognizing we were having a breakdown and i didn't know how to phrase myself to get you to understand and i could tell because i was having that breakdown and i couldn't articulate myself properly you were becoming frustrated and that's why I started crying. I cry over fucking everything. That's just how my body decides to release my emotions. It, it happens. So, but it was it was because we were both frustrated. I would hope that you would have been frustrated with yourself too because you weren't articulating yourself in a way that I could understand. But that frustration that built up in both of us, we took a second. Yeah. Like we paused everything and we were like, okay, neither of us is getting what the other person is saying. Say what you're trying to say, and I'm going to repeat it back to you until I got it. Yep. And we did that, and it only took three minutes. And then I said my side, and I said it until it, it clicked in your mind. You're like, okay, I get it. And that was it. And what, it wasn't just, okay, I get it. I repeated it back to what you were yeah. saying to validate the point, to let you know that I actually heard you. Right. And that's why the repeating <clears throat> back is important. Yep. If I didn't say that, that is exactly what happened. We repeated back to each other until we both understood and we were like, that was fucking stupid. Yeah, that, it, we did actually both say that. <laughs> we were like, that was stupid. But now we know in the future a way to articulate ourselves in a way the other person understands. And it gets better every single time. Yeah, it gets a lot easier. Yeah. And it gets, I got to be honest, it gets a lot easier because the you get so used to having conflict with people and the way that conflict plays out mm-hmm. that when you have conflict and it doesn't go that way, you're like, oh, that was that was that was new. Right. And then the next time it happens, it doesn't go that way. And you're like, OK, wait a minute. I'm seeing a pattern now. Mm-hmm. And then there's conflict again and it's less. And you're like, OK, wait a minute. 
wait, what, what the fuck is actually happening right yeah. now? Every single time it's getting easier and easier, you become a lot less defensive, right. a lot less aggressive. It's a lot easier to be like, wait a minute, what, what the hell's going on right now? Because mm-hmm. you're you've got you've gotten used to this new behavior pattern, right? And a lot of that comes down to just being able to communicate. And communication is is a hundred percent, and comprehension mm-hmm. is a hundred percent. And if you don't have one, you can't have the other. Right? You can communicate until you're blue in the face, but if your partner is not comprehending what you're saying, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And you can be the best communicator in the world, but if you don't listen, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. So, yep, that's forty five minutes. I think that's enough minutes. talk if you uh, about this whole thing. We can get into emails. I need to get another drink because I finished my energy drink. And okay. I, I would like fluid because I need it when I talk. Okay. <clears throat> Do you want to grab the email while I grab the drink? Would you like a soda, a water? I mean, I would like to try the pink bang, but I had a final point and now it's gone. <laughs> what was the last thing you said? Communication comprehension. Communication versus comprehension. Can't have one without the other. Can't have one without the you other. Can't have one without the other. You can't have one without the other. Love and marriage. Love and uh, yeah. No. No, I have no idea what. What? That is. Oh my god. I would have to hear. Oh it. my god. No, we, I would have to hear it with oh the music. Oh my god. We have to watch Married with Children. Never seen it, so no, I don't. Know what oh my god. Right. Add it to your phone. Ugh. No. If you guys are interested, we have an ongoing list of movies I've never seen, and he reacts like that every single time. <laughs> so if you would like to see that list, it'll be posted probably in Patreon or something. Love and Marriage is was like the Archie Bunker show, but in the 80s, yeah. and it was the most misogynistic, like over-the-top like comedy. Everything that they that he did mm-hmm. was to the 10. Like, and it okay. was it was all intentional just to show that he was a piece of shit human being. Mm-hmm. But it was fucking hysterical. And it's on, I want to say it's on Apple TV. I will binge watch watch it tonight. It's seasons. I will binge watch the shit out of that. Ed O'Neill is Al Bundy is the fucking man. Okay, I'm going to take some concentrate before we do that. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to be a fucking night. I can see it. I'm excited. I remember my point. Good shit. So something else that we figured out, the common denominator for every argument that we have is a miscommunication. Yep. It's because we don't understand each other. It's not because you did something that upset me and you don't apologize for the action or you don't change the action. It's not because you pointed something out to me and I'm like, no, I'm not wrong. You need to accept my point of view. It's never that. It's always we just have to figure out a way to help the other person understand what we're trying to say. And that's it. When you are able to sit down and figure out the root of your arguments and you see a repetitive pattern Yesterday, I sat there and said, we are not understanding each other. Mm-hmm. And that was the light bulb moment for me because I was an emotional mind. <laughs> but when it clicked in my logical mind that we weren't understanding, I don't know if you were recognizing that we were not understanding each other. But when I said that, I recognized it de-escalated very quickly. Right. And we solved it in five or ten minutes. Find the common denominator of every single argument you have. And that is the problem you need to focus on. If you guys are constantly arguing two to three times a month about the same fucking thing and nothing is changing, it's because you guys are getting sidetracked and you're, well, you didn't do this last week and, well, you don't do this for me, so why would I do that? And you completely forgot what the root of the argument is. Yep. Mm. Mm. All right, get a drink. Okay. Somebody's going to be like, I can't believe he said, hey, yo, bitch. (laughs) 
I love it when he calls me that. Yeah. I love it when you call me that. What's that slave mind? Better get in the kitchen and cook. <laughs> you abused housewife. <laughs> I cooked for you before we did this and I did the dishes. I know. Because you're amazing. Mm, thank you. And I got editing done because of it. It's like, you did. It's like we're a team and things are getting accomplished. It's wild. All right. First email. Absolutely no subject line. That sucks. So my current partner and I have been together for two years and living together for one year. He works crazy hours, 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. six days a week and every other week, seven days a week. I wonder what he does. I work from home, so I pretty much handle things around the house because of his long hours. Not complaining about this at all. He pays rent and I do household chores, laundry, cooking, etc. and pay the power bill. So it feels like we both give 100% to keep everything flowing. Let me also mention he's a bodybuilder training for his pro card. His monthly income from work is five dollars to $8,000 a month. And I make a third of that from my job. I do his meal preps every two days for his breakfast and two meals at work to take every day so he gets his calories. I buy his groceries for his meals every day. He doesn't see a problem with this, but when I only make $2,000 a month and I'm spending $60 every two days on his meals, as well as household groceries, I have a problem with it. I started my bodybuilding journey a year ago too, and I can't afford to buy my own food because I am buying his. And he knows I don't eat three meals a day because of this. That is unacceptable. Well, it's also half her income goes to just his meals every two days. Right. And that, so if the rest of her groceries money or the rest of her income at $2,000 a month is going towards groceries, she's not getting nearly enough food. No. And if you're a bodybuilder, you can't grow if you don't eat. Right. Exactly. So he is 100% prioritizing himself and his goals over hers while still expecting her to support him and his dreams. That's mm -hmm. unacceptable. I agree. I want to know where his five to $8,000 a month is going. Because he is paying for rent and all that kind of stuff. So if he's paying for all the bills outside of the groceries, <clears throat> does he have zero pay, like play money? I would hope not. Because if he has play money after paying the bills, but you're buying all of the food for the household plus him and you can't get your calories in for a day, that's still a problem. Yeah, yeah I think all the extra things that they have to buy if he's going for his pro card. Right. Because like, he's not doing it naturally. Yeah. And there's a lot of costs that go into that too. So... So my first solution would be to combine your guys' income. Because if he's having his five to $8,000 a month only in his bank account and you only have your $2,000 a month in your bank account, you guys are living separately. Yeah, and you're paying for everything. You're actually you're working to support him. Right. I would, I would demand that I have access to that account. If you want me to go get you food every two days and it's going to be $60 a pop, right. I need you to give me that money. I'm not doing it anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So $60 every two days. It's $900 a month. Yeah, even if he was paying t like $2,500 a month in rent, which is kind of the average now in a lot of places, he does that. Say he pays bills. He would still have at least five or $600 left over. Let's just say they have a bunch of bills. Five or $600 left over after paying all of the bills. You can buy the household groceries and your girl can buy all the food that you guys need for your meal prepping. Yeah. I'm going to hit you with something that's going to blow your mind. Oh. My daughter's rent where she lives, six fifty a month in an apartment. She's getting ready to upgrade, and the apartment's going to be 800 a month. I was like, you can't get a studio apartment where we live for less than two grand. Mm -mm. 
Yeah. So it's not everywhere. It's just here. Wow. Yeah. That we looked at. A, I was talking to Rooster, and he was telling me where he lives in Georgia. You can get a, a six bedroom house for what we're paying. Okay. So we could we could get a like a rental home in Georgia for what we're paying here and live like 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 we're ballers. Okay, so let's say they're paying fifteen hundred dollars a month in rent. <clears throat> you got to factor in prices of supplements if he doesn't have any contracts for for sponsorships. Mm-hmm. It it's bodybuilding's expensive. It is fucking expensive. That's why a lot of those guys end up doing like like spicy videos and spicy content That's to crazy. make make ends meet. That's that was the whole ordeal with Kai Green. That's that was one of the reasons why you know he he quit doing the uh, bodybuilding thing because of the videos that he did when oh, he was yeah. younger. They said he would never be able to be an Olympia because he has spicy content out there for people. Yeah, and, and I'm not going to get into what it was. You can Google it if you really care. But right, that that it's expensive to be a bodybuilder. You figure f- food and drugs alone is not cheap. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's expensive as shit. People spend more than that on their you know on uh that than they do on their mortgage. Right. I would have a sit down conversation with him and say, you know, we both have this dream of being a bodybuilder. Or if she's just bodybuilding, like get herself to a point where she's happy with herself and she's not going to go to competition or anything that still needs to be a priority. Yeah. And it is definitely not a priority to him. So I would have that conversation and I would say, you know, we both have this goal and I'm here supporting you. I don't feel as supported and it's making me not want to do this anymore. And I don't want to give up on myself. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Okay. Nope. Anyway, his preferred method of receiving love is by physical touch. He always wants me touching him, but will not reciprocate. When I'm in the shower, he won't look at me. I could walk around in booty shorts and he won't look. And I'm in incredible shape. I don't understand. He asks for massages, back and head scratches, etc. And I'm always willing to give them to him anywhere at any time. But he has never offered to or said yes to giving me one. Okay, so she has asked because he's never said yes. I'm going to pause you. Bodybuilding is a very selfish thing. It is. that The entire sport is selfish. Right. It's, it, it's a me, me, me thing. I have to eat. I have to train. I have to get my supplements in. I have to. It's two o'clock. I haven't had a meal in an hour. You know, it is very, very about you. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a relationship with somebody who's trying to get the pro card, they've lived their, their entire bodybuilding career about them. So the fact that she doesn't get the same things reciprocated to her that she's doing for him doesn't shock me at all. Right. Not even a little bit. Mm-hmm. The only time he wants sexy time is when he wants it and I get rejected. Some days he is secretive with his phone and other days he will leave it unlocked around me. I know he does not have time to physically cheat because he works so much. And I've seen his social media apps, Snapchat and texts, and there's nothing suspicious at all. He does not use Facebook and only uses Instagram for his bodybuilding journey. He has never posted me on them. He says he doesn't want people knowing his private business. Only a select few of his friends know about me as well as his family. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how I feel about that either. There are certain circumstances where I can understand where things need to stay private for a while because say, for example, I have this crazy ex who I feel like would fly off the handle if she found out I'm in a relationship, even though it's been a year and I don't want you to catch the brunt of that. So I need to figure out a way to ease us into the public. 
I don't know. All I can think about is Joe Rogan in this scenario because he's married mm-hmm. and people know he's married, but they know very little about his wife. Right. They don't walk together like they did. They're not seen together in public because it's a way to keep her safe. Mm-hmm. The less you know about somebody's wife in a famous scenario like that, the safer they are. That makes sense. Right. But you fucking know he's married. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I can think about Branch Warren in this scenario because his wife, Trisha, was also a competitor and like she did all his meal prep and like she was very prevalent in his life and even in his bodybuilding videos, like she was in them. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, so it, it, I, I'm a fan of bodybuilding. So this, this, I am a fan of bodybuilding. You now know about bodybuilding because I watch that like football. Yeah. Um, I, I just think it's an incredible thing and the discipline that goes into it is insane to me, but that reminds me, have you bought the tickets for Olympia? this It year? hasn't gone out yet. Okay. Nope. Um, but I saw that Nick Walker took second at the Arnold. Yep. I'm surprised he didn't get first. I am too. That dude was massive. His, his conditioning was a little bit off. Anyway, that's yeah. irrelevant. Let's okay. let's get back to the email. <laughs> um, Snapchat makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Snap- Not saying that he's doing anything, but I... I yeah. Too many fishy people on Snapchat. Well, when, when you and I committed, mm-hmm. we deleted our Snapchats. Like when we said that we were going to do this, we just deleted the Snapchat altogether. It's not I mean, it was a conversation, but right. yeah, but it, but it was like, right. Like when we first started our relationship, we had Snapchat, right? But things happened that both made us both uncomfortable. And we were like, no, we don't want to have this tension. In our relationship having Snapchat's not worth it. We just got a Patreon, a patron. Speaking just, of Patreon, if you haven't checked it out yet, you should do that. Missing out on a bunch of things like a pop in discord where everybody's having fun. I created a new chat that's called anxiety attack on the dance floor. <laughs> so if you want to be a part of it, stop. I need you to give me information on that because I haven't been on Discord today. So we, um, I posted, no, 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 it wasn't me. Somebody shared a link to her friend's band and the music's really good. It reminds me of like 2007 Fallout Boy. And after I said that, somebody started saying a link, a lyric to a My Chemical Romance song. And then we were all just line after line after line after line. <laughs> and we were like, somebody said, oh my God, we're doing karaoke again in the chat. And I was like, this has happened before. So I went into the side chats and I created anxiety attack on the dance floor. So people can go in there and share music and do that karaoke back and forth thing. That's funny. I'm trying to figure out how to get a bot in there so it plays music all the time. So if you want to be a part of that, (laughs) check out our Patreon. All the links are in the description. Yeah, they are. All the links are in the description. You don't have to join it. Just a little peekaboo. See what's going on. Lots of of exclusive content on Patreon. Lots of Early release, live streams. Uh, Patreon, Patreon is a thing. Also on YouTube, for mm-hmm. those of you who do the members, um, we will be doing a lot of live streams moving forward. Uh, and anytime we do a live, uh, I'm sorry, a Patreon live stream, I think that I'm going to put the YouTube member link in the member description on YouTube as well so that live stream can cross promote. Okay. Um, because we went live last night on YouTube for Patreon mm-hmm. and it made it way easier than using the Vimeo platform. So. Oh, yeah. Yep. So back onto the Snapchat conversation. I don't think that we had a conflict. I think I walked over to you and I was like, hey, I, I see that you're using Snapchat. And like, it wasn't me that had messaged you. No, I, it was a random dude messaged me and he was being overly flirtatious. Yeah. And I told you that it happened because I didn't want to keep secrets from you. Okay. And you were like, that makes me uncomfortable. And at that point, we both agreed to remove Snapchat from our phones. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Easy peasy. I wouldn't, I, I won't, I refuse to have an app on my phone where people have access to me that can be appear as secretive. Right. And Snapchat to me is very secretive. 
Mm-mm. I don't like the stigma that comes with it. Yeah. There's already a negative um, bias, right. a negative bias against Snapchat because so many people use it to cheat. And because that seed is already planted in every single person's mind on this planet because it's so prevalent, we removed it from our phones because that should never have to be a worry in a marriage or in a relationship. Right. What if for his bodybuilding, he's trying to grow a platform and he's trying to get attention on Snapchat and he doesn't want those women to know that he's in a relationship? Right. I, you know, if he's really in that kind of shape Mm -hmm. and he's going for his pro card, uh, the fact that he doesn't have an OnlyFans is kind of shocking to me. And, And realistically, the two of them, if they're both bodybuilders, you can make a fuck ton of money. On OnlyFans doing that. There are a lot of pro bodybuilders who have moved into that platform. Mm-hmm. And, and I only know that because I follow, well, I did. I followed a whole lot of bodybuilders on TikTok and all of them had links to their Instagram page with had links to their OF. And like, I'm not. Right. <clears throat> I don't know. It's easy income for those guys. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or for those women for that matter. Another issue I have is that he only wants to have sex when he wants it. Right. That's selfish. It is. I told you bodybuilding is a selfish sport. Well, that's another red flag. On top of him saying that he, not saying, but he's showing he doesn't care that your calories are getting in for the day to build, to grow your muscle. He's also showing that he doesn't care about your needs. And if he's not there sexually, I can almost guarantee he's not there emotionally. She already said that he's not there intimately. Yeah. And the select few friends that know, I mean, not the select few friends, but the fact that nobody knows he's in a relationship... Well, it doesn't say they don't know he's in a relationship. They He just says that he doesn't want people knowing it's her. Right. Which I can respect that, like I said with the Joe Rogan thing. Right. But. Hmm. You know, we very rarely post photos of ourselves. We post photos together. Right. But even then, that's not something that we really do. We, we don't need validation from people outside that we're a couple. We right. know we're we right. know we're together. Well, we're also, I mean, with the TikTok thing, everyone fucking knows we're together. Oh yeah. But like on our personal accounts, I won't post a I won't post a selfie. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't even posted the the thing at from us at Wicked yet on my personal a shit, and I meant to. I just haven't gotten around to it because we've got so much going on that I'm not playing on my phone. When I am, I'm playing a game. Right. I spent like an hour earlier while you were doing taxes playing chess on my phone. I love that chess game. But I, I don't I don't want to be on social media. Like yeah. I don't want social interaction. By the time we're done recording and doing everything that we gotta do, I'm burnt out. Oh, like yeah. I don't I don't care about that shit. There's a massive exhaustion. But the idea of posting selfies and doing all of that and having to respond and react and do and build that platform, I don't want to do that. I yeah. gotta be honest, if I thought I could handle have somebody handle my social media and do it the way that I'm doing it and trust that it's being done, I would fucking not do social media. Yeah. I just wouldn't. And before people in the chat or the chat, the comments start to say, well, I have Snapchat to talk to my friends. Cool. Good story, bro. That is cool. But how does sending photos to each other change your conversation? Right. Because you can do that on text message. You can do that on text message. You can FaceTime. I use it for the filters. filters that's, that's gonna be an argument too we use snapchat for filters yep there are people who have it just for the filters that's what i've heard and i'm not saying every single person in a relationship who has snapchat is doing something wrong just right. not for me that's the stigma it it's, is it's stigma. not us saying that it's society saying that and i can understand how people can enjoy snapchatting their best friend because they're making funny faces and whatnot mm-hmm. i'm not knocking it 
I just think it's silly to say like your only defense for having an app is I use it for the filters. Right. I can see how it's fun when like fun when you're stoned. Mm-hmm. I see so much on the internet about doing wifey level shit for boyfriends and now doing that and how doing that can cause some men to take it, take you for granted. But that's how I was raised and how I've always been. Ben. He was always so grateful for me doing his meal prepping, the body massages, etc. And now it's just like normal for him. Right. He expects it. Mm-hmm. There's no gratitude there. This is exactly what we were talking about earlier with being gr- grateful when things come through. Mm-hmm. You thank your partner for things. Yeah. I can't remember when I say it, when I said it, it might've been yesterday. It might've been on something else. If your partner has done something consistently for years with you in a relationship, when was the last time you thanked them for doing that? It's actually in that clip that I sent you. It was, is it the one you sent me? Okay. Yep. That'll probably go on your TikTok tomorrow. Okay. I would also like to point out that just because you have a man mm-hmm. that's doing the bodybuilding thing and is the epitome of masculinity and what it, he appears to be. Physical form has nothing to do with mental state. Agreed. And and people who do, do bodybuilding to that extent normally have some sort of, of something going on. Anyways, oh, yeah. um, you have to realize that just because you treat a man like your wife, like you're a wife, doesn't mean that he is going to treat you like a wife. Mm-hmm. But men who have their shit together... Uh, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Just because you find a man doesn't mean that he's a man. He could mm-hmm. be a boy living in a man's body. And if his mental state's not there, it doesn't matter how good you are. He may not be the one for you. Mm-hmm. Some dudes are just meant to be boyfriends. Yes. Yes, they are. Just like how some women are meant to be girlfriends. Yep. Unless you change your mind state, you're never going to be more than that. Be offended. You're a little spicy over there. I am. I think it's the shaw off the shoulder. Like, it's making me feel like Beth Dutton. You need to pull that back up then. You're going to hurt people's feelings and and we're going to lose followers because you're like, be offended. I'm going to lose followers. (laughs) Is this like the same thing of you're going to lose a customer? No. You think I'll get another one? (laughs) (laughs) I'm playing on the joke. I know. Okay. I'm over here begging for love and attention and a little acknowledgement and can't get the bare minimum. I hate that. That phrase. I hate that phrase too. In this context though, I think she did use it accurately. If she's going out of her way to do these things for him and he can't even stop and say, you look beautiful today. I would classify that as doing. I wouldn't say a basic need in a relationship. Nope. There's no such thing as the bare minimum. Right. There is not a scenario that across the board can apply to to everyone that would be the bare minimum. You have to breathe, eat, sleep, and defecate. All right. Anything other than that that you do is a choice. Mm -hmm. So if they are choosing to not give you the affection and the things that you need from them, they are making an active decision to not fulfill whatever your needs are. That's right. not a bare minimum. Bare minimum is they exist. I, I believe that. I, I agree with that. My there's a f- my eyes getting blurry. Leave me alone. Don't look at me. I like look that. over I, and you're like, brah. I'm I like, now know you're gonna cut that into the thing so that they see what I'm doing because you made the face. Uh, I will probably cut all of that out. You're not. I know you. <laughs> it's gonna be a funny clip and you're gonna clip it. And I'm gonna put it on my TikTok and everyone's gonna be like, oh my god, it's so gorky. 
now it's going to happen. I know. <laughs> um, I, I don't believe that there's a bare minimum. Things that there are going to be people out there who are willing to accept a lot less from their partner mm-hmm. than others. And because somebody's willing to accept less than someone else doesn't mean the person that gets more from somebody is getting the bare minimum. He's doing more than this person over here. Right. It may not be enough for you. And then at that point, you can tell him, you're not doing enough to meet the expectations that I have as a partner and have a fucking conversation about it instead of going, you do the bare minimum. You do the bare minimum. You you haven't put out in six months. Bare minimum. Bare minimum vag. I, I just, I fucking hate that. that. I know. The buzzwords and the, the lack of community. If you use terms like that, in my opinion, if you call everyone a narcissist, use terms like gaslighting all the time, use terms like bare minimum, you cannot communicate. Mm-hmm. You have not taken the time to properly articulate articulate yourself right. in a way that your partner can understand. You are using Facebook meme conversation. Mm-hmm. No wonder your fucking life isn't right. I don't like that. I know. I agree. I, I don't like it either. I was just going to try to translate. I, you don't have to translate. What she I meant by bare minimum. What she's saying. I get okay. it. But what she should be saying is that he is not supporting her in a way that she needs to be supported. And she needs to either tell him mm-hmm. you need to step up and match the effort that I'm putting in or I'm going to find someone who will. Because I fucking promise you somebody out there will match that effort. Oh, yeah. You see it constantly on those Facebook memes. What you're begging somebody to do now is going to be just natural for somebody else right that's right and that comes down to who you choose to be with and it comes down to who you choose to be with yep it's a choice everything in your life majority of the time is a choice there are certainly things that are out of your hands but you always have a choice could you imagine for just a minute Two people start dating. Mm -hmm. Things are going really well. Right. The shift happens. Things become expected. Mm -hmm. And you notice that that's what's happening. And instead of just going, hey, this is unacceptable to me. We need to get things back to the way they were or I'm going to move on. You have, you're not doing enough. It's bare minimum. And then you have an argument and conflict because you're hurt and you're you're not able to properly tell your partner what you need. Mm Mm-hmm. And things just escalate. And now you're with somebody three or four years longer than you should have because you didn't know how to tell your partner what was going on in a way that they could understand that your your emotional needs and or even sexual needs in her case are not being taken care of. There's nothing wrong with going, hey, you are falling short. I need you to do better. If you can't do better, tell me. I would rather be alone than be used. I would rather be alone than be uh, a, an object of sexual pleasure Mm -hmm. if that's if that's the way it is right i think we need to normalize conversations like that right we really do instead of sitting there and being miserable and accepting that this is your life now Mm -hmm. victim mentality it is victim mentality and it's it's a lack of accountability it is and it's a lack of self self Mm self-worth and i'm not shitting on the author of the email that that whole scenario just gets under my fucking skin I hit a PR on a leg press last week, 513 pounds. When I ran over to tell him at the gym, he just started talking about himself and the set that he had just had and didn't acknowledge my excitement or what I've accomplished. Did you really run? I don't think you ran. After hitting a PR, you weren't running. You were waddling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
waddling with excitement. Yeah. Yeah. Looking like Howard the Duck. <laughs> 513. I did. I went over 500 pounds for three. Yeah. That was it. And on the last one, you had to help me. Yeah. So, like, that's massive. Mm-hmm. And you hyped me the fuck up after that. Oh, yeah. You made me feel good. So I could not imagine hitting that on my own without somebody as backup. Yep. And then running over there and be like, oh, my God, you won't believe what I just did. I get hyped when I add 10 pounds to my set. Yep. I text yeah. you. Yeah. Or extra reps. Right. So, it, again, that just shows he only cares about himself. Mm-hmm. He overrode everything that you were excited about to be like, oh, you did that. Well, guess what I just did. Now you have to congratulate me while I ignore you. I'm curious to hear y'all's opinions on this. We don't argue. Never any yelling, cussing, fights, etc. If we have a problem, we talk it through calmly and then take actions to change things. So then why are we getting an email? Right. But this never lasts with him. He just goes back to being how he was. Behavioral traits. So he has a hard time breaking his behavioral patterns. Mm -hmm. I spent four years married to a physically and mentally abusive man and suffer from PTSD now. I don't know if I'm being taken advantage here or if this is normal. It's not normal. It is not normal. No, it's not. I don't have any friends to confide in. That's a problem too. I'm still learning to love myself again. And I don't know if being with the person... I don't know if being with the person I'm with is draining the life and love out of me. <clears throat> Pause. So the, the not having friends thing is an issue in its own, but not in that you don't have somebody to confide in. It's mm-hmm. that you don't have a friend. Right. You need to have feminine time. You have to have self-care time and you need to have time away from everyone. And your boyfriend should be having time with, with dudes. Like mm-hmm. That's healthy. But you shouldn't be divulging your problems to the people that are in your life because they're going to create negativity bias. Correct. Um. But that's not a normal situation. If you bring your problems to your partner and you resolve the conflict or the situation and it goes back to the way that it was and you gentle remind a couple of times like, hey, you're falling back into that behavior pattern. Like, I need you to stay on top of being right. You have to break habits. It, it's hard to break a habit. It is. But once you break the habit, if you constantly instill that or if your partner does something um, like if every time I said the F word, you were like, hey, rephrase that. Eventually, I would stop saying the F word because I get tired of rephrasing it. Mm hmm. But you're catching me in the moment, so you're retraining my brain. You're resetting my default settings. Right. And I would eventually stop cussing. It's no different than with what he's doing. If he's not meeting your standards and you've talked to him, he's like, I will do better. And then he does for a week and then falls back. When he starts to slip, be like, hey, you're starting to slip. I need you to step back up. And if you guys, I don't know how long they've been together. It didn't say, but yeah. if, you're, if, you're not, if you're not married. Two years. They've been together for two years. So it's nothing. That's nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. uh, Anyways, if you guys aren't trying to get married, like if that's at two years, if that hasn't been a conversation and you don't know where your life is going and this is just a dating thing and you guys are living together as boyfriend, girlfriend, because you can afford to live together because bodybuilding is expensive. You really need to to like think about where you're going. Do you see a future with this dude where you're at right now? Two years in, is this how you want to live the rest of your life? Those are real questions that you need to ask because mm-hmm. right now you're dating and just existing with somebody. If you're dating with a purpose to get married and to have a forever with somebody, I wouldn't want to be with somebody forever who's not giving me the emotional attention that I need. Right. And if I've addressed that and it's still not being met after two years of being in a relationship, that's a problem. That's a problem. 
So before you started talking about how long they've been together and everything after that, what did you say before that? Do you remember? Are you just not listening to me today? I am listening to you. I, I'm trying to remember my points so I don't forget them. So I'm, I, I'm so. deflecting. I don't remember what I said. <laughs> so you deflected by trying to make me feel like I'm in the wrong? I was just trying to be funny, but it, it worked. I got a laugh out of it. I admitted what I was doing. It was just me being a butthole. A borthole. I was going to say you borthole. <laughs> um, what was I saying before that point? Oh, what? You weren't paying attention to what you were saying? I guess I wasn't. <laughs> it's the shoulder skin. I know. It's so distracting. <laughs> Show. Toss, toss. toss, toss. <laughs> <laughs> Show my collarbones, too. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, Fuck. Uh, I was talking about dating for purpose. Dating for purpose. Yeah, if you if you want to be with somebody and, you, and you're in a relationship with someone, do you want to be in that relationship for that like indefinitely? That's where I was going with all of that when mm-hmm. I started talking about that. If you've only been together for two years and you're having these kind of problems, that's that's an issue. Yeah, two years is new. Mm-hmm. It is like you have you should have six to eight months of a dating phase before things get serious. And say you move in a year. And within a year of moving in together, you go from having a good sexual relationship where everything is healthy and going great to being where you are now. In a year, you're already kind of in the roommate phase and they're using you as an object to satisfy all of their needs. Mm -hmm. Massages, head scratches, sexual, whatever, meal prep, buying food, going grocery shopping. You're a maid. You you, you are a maid with benefits. Mm -hmm. My point's not coming back. Do you want to go into the next email? Very much. Very much. Sobriety and relationships. First off, thank you guys so much for what you do. You're such an inspiration. Chris, in a particular video, you mentioned peaches smoking and you not having an issue with it. You also said you don't smoke and you've also given up alcohol. I'm in a situation where I'm looking at dating again and I'm also working on my mental health and recently have recommitted to my sobriety. Long story short, I was heavily addicted to prescription meds plenty of recreational drugs, and a lifelong relationship with alcohol. Nearly died from an accidental OD. I've beaten the drugs, but the booze has always been a social lubricant for want of a better word. I'm trying to reconcile outright alcohol avoidance for my own sake and potentially forcing that standard on women I may date. Do you have any advice for navigating that? So one, don't look at it as forcing because you're not forcing anything. When you Mm -hmm. sit down on your first couple of dates with a woman and you need somebody that's sober, you tell them that. I'm an addict. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I need for my partner is that they're not going to be going out to the bar and doing these things and and bringing drugs in the house. I can't be around that because I may relapse. Mm -hmm. If you can't meet those standards and us be together and that's something that means more to you than having a lifelong relationship, tell me. We can be friends and mm-hmm. we can have sober friend dates. You're not obligated to be with somebody. Right. There are a lot of people out there who don't have the need to do that. Me not me not drinking is a choice. Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't drink because I have a problem. I do have a problem. I don't drink because I don't want to be that guy. So I can have a drink every once in a while and reel that shit back. If I do it for too long, it will become a problem. And I know that. So like I have to moderate. You smoking doesn't affect me one way or the other because I don't like the way I feel when I smoke. So that doesn't affect me. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I know how I am with the drinking, if if we went out to dinner and it was the first or second date and you ordered a drink, I would tell you flat out like, hey, 
just so you know, I'm an addict. Mm-hmm. I'm in remission or recovery or whatever, whatever they call that now. Um, and, and you can totally have your drink. I'm, I'm obviously not going to relapse from you having a single drink. But mm-hmm. if, if we escalate this and we become a thing, I need to know that you're not going to be going out and drinking all the time and coming home fucked up or bring it into the house because my sobriety depends on my sanity. And if we're having these kind of things happening, it could make me relapse. Mm-hmm. It's not hard to have those conversations. You have to put yourself as a priority and you don't, nobody owes you anything right. and you don't owe anyone anything. So you wait until you find somebody that meets the needs that you have and that's who you go with. You don't fucking settle just because you have a, a good date with somebody. Yeah, I would definitely say make that a dating boundary. Mm-hmm. And if somebody gets offended because this is a boundary, that's a them problem. Right. That does not reflect on you or mean that you are wrong in setting that boundary it just means that that is something that they latch on to. Y- you know you're an addict. Yeah. They're latched on to it because it gives them a sense of feeling better, like everything's okay. They can numb themselves and get attention and go out and dance and get sloppy until 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. That reflects on them. Yep. Don't let all of that negative feedback put you in a position where you might relapse just because you want to make somebody else feel comfortable about your boundaries. Right. Wouldn't you want to have somebody with sustenance? Right. Like if that's all you have in life is getting fucked up as a woman, Mm -hmm. you don't bring anything to the table for me. Like if that was your life, if all you wanted to do was get high and drink Mm -hmm. and I have aspirations and goals in life and and your goal is just going out on Friday and Saturday night, I don't want you. Yeah. I, even if that person is working, I agree with all of that. You could be somebody who has a career and you're doing fantastic in your field. If you are known for going out and getting sloppy and drunk, you're just a drunk Barbie. Yep. Damn, that's a good one. A drunk Barbie. Yeah. I want to hit you with a hypothetical. Okay. So you, people know, me smoking does not bother you. I don't smoke the flower in the house, so there's no scent. Mm. That would be a problem for you. In the house it would be. Right. Even if you smoked it outside, it would be a problem because it would come in and it would, it would, um, I would have to smell that. Right. It would be on. So it would affect my life, not yours. So in that instance... How would you approach that in the first few dates? If you came to a date smelling like bud? Yeah. I would be like, hey, uh, I don't smoke. Mm-hmm. You're very pungent right now. I would tell you flat out I can smell that. Right. Um, which means everyone around us can smell that. Mm-hmm. Discretion is key. Yeah. I find it very unclassy when... Right. I wouldn't even say just women, but specifically women. I would say anyone. Right. Discretion is a thing. Well, if I'm in a nice restaurant... Or we're at Cinebistro, which is kind of a higher class yeah. movie theater. It's $120 every time we go to that fucking theater. If I have <clears throat> standards as a woman, mm-hmm. I'm not saying everybody has to live up to my standards. You could give zero fucks about my standards and I get it. Like I see other people's standards and I'm like, ooh, you live life like that. So you can right. think that way about me. It's cool. I support it. You can judge me. When I am out in places like that and a woman specifically reeks a flower. I judge you a little bit. I'm not saying you can't get high. I hit my vape before we walk in there, but it's discreet. Right. Unless I'm acting a fool, you have no idea I'm having a good time right now. And the reason I say that is because the women I know who go about life like that, who are constantly stoned and constantly smelling like that, they're couch hopping. They don't have a stable relationship. They are working a, I almost said bare minimum job, (laughs) but 
a job where they can't make ends meet. They're hopping from relationship to relationship because they're spending more money on weed than they are on their rent. And they need somebody there to supplement that. So they're using relationships for a financial gain. So from personal experience, when I smell a woman like that, I do kind of, yeah. ooh, girl, I, that's how you do it? I, I judge everyone who has an odor. Yeah. If you have body odor, I'm judging you. Oh, yeah, I You're agree dirty. with that. And if you smell like cigarettes, I'm judging you. Mm-hmm. If you smell like weed, I'm judging you. People don't want to smell that shit. It's offensive. If you put on too much fucking perfume oh, yeah. and you smell like a French whore, I'm judging What are you trying to you. compensate yeah. for? Yeah, you're trying to cover some stink down right. there? Right, did What's you not shower? On? Right, wash your butthole. Yeah. I don't I don't like that. Mm-hmm. So for me, in, in your scenario that you gave me, I would tell you the first time you did that, like, hey, that's kind of offensive to my nose. And right. and because you know I have super sense of smell. Mm-hmm. Like super sense of smell. Right. I can't I couldn't do that. If you were if you were perfume mm-hmm. and it was strong, I couldn't even be in a car with you until it was on you for a couple hours and like died down. I can't I can't do it. Yeah. So I would tell you, I'd be like, hey, you're, you're pretty pungent right now. Mm-hmm. And if you came on a, a, a date and smelled like body odor, I would tell you, like, hey, I don't know if you don't wear deodorant. If that's a thing for you, that's fine. But I, I can smell you. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest about that. Yeah, if, you've like, got, if you've got something stuck in your teeth, I'm going to tell you. You got a booger on your face, I'm going to tell you. I agree <clears> with those. When it comes to the scent, though, like body odor, poor hygiene. I'm saying something. Right. That's also, I would like to know if that's going to be an expected thing. Right. Is this something that I need to know is going to be a continuous pattern? Like every time we go out, am I going to have to bring deodorant with me? Yep. I get upset when I think I stink. So do I. If I haven't put on deodorant or if I missed my shower in the morning and I'm at work, if I feel like I smell, I'm going to be like, okay, I need to go to the bathroom. Can like, hey, I know you're out right now. Can you pick up some perfume and drop it off at work for me? Mm Mm-mm. Yep. I I have a I have a hard time with smells anyways. So yeah. in that scenario, I would I would I would hit them with the discretion thing, and if they're like "fuck you," this is just the way I am. Cool. Next. All right. Live your best life. I don't want to smell that all the time. Right. So, so the the smoking thing doesn't bother me. Right. It's when your your behavior affects other people. Right. And in that scenario, that odor is going to affect other people. Right. That's a problem for me. If you if you even have it on you, if you have flour on you and it's in your pocket and you're standing next to me and I can smell you, I'll mm-hmm. be like, bro, yeah, go put that in your car. You are very pungent right now. Right. There's no reason for that. Um, <clears throat> same thing if somebody was, was an alcoholic and I could smell alcohol on their breath. Yeah. I would tell them, like, you're slipping. Mm-hmm. Mouthwash. It, it Do seems something sloppy. to clear that up. Like, yeah. you don't need the world to know your business. Right. All of it seems sloppy. That's how I'm going to sum it up as. Mm -hmm. If you have poor hygiene, if you're walking around smelling like bud, if you're constantly smelling like alcohol, you're sloppy. I know people judge me based on my piercings and my tattoos and whatnot. I carry myself very elegantly. I know people have a negative um, expectation when it comes to people who look like me. Once you speak to me and you see the way that I dress myself and I conduct myself in public, I can guarantee if you were to ask somebody in a random store, what did you think about that woman when she, when she walked in, they would comment on my confidence. They would comment on my posture, the way that I carry myself. Very rarely in real life do I get any negative reactions based on my appearance because of my piercings. Right. So yes, first impressions do matter. And if you come across as sloppy, I don't accept sloppy. The reason I asked you that question about the smell is because that could also be a, I'm not going to say a trigger, but that could be something for me is like, damn, like I really want to. It could be. 
It could be. There are people who really like the smell of weed. Right. So that is also not an unrealistic boundary to set on a date. If you notice that somebody is a smoker, you can ask them, so do you regularly do that? Like, is Mm -hmm. that a thing that you do all the time? And if they say yes, then you know. Right. They're going to constantly be smelling like marijuana. You can also ask them, like, how do you feel about vapes? Right. Like, could you, could would you be willing to switch? Like, if we ever moved in together, edibles, or on days where we're going on dates, can you vape instead of smoking like like that? Because mm-hmm. though I don't have an issue with being high, I just don't want to smell it. Right. <clears throat> Was that the whole email? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Let's move oh wait, on there's to, a bit, one okay. last question. Should I avoid alcohol and dating until I sort my shit out, yes. or is there another option? No, no, you need to fucking get your life together before you start trying anything like that. Okay. It took me a long time to be able to drink the way that I drink because mm-hmm. of the alcoholism. Me too. So, and even now, like the last time I drank was, it's been a year. I haven't had a drink in a year. Uh, well, it's like a week away from it. And and though that's not like a sobriety thing, I, I did it because I just don't want to drink. Mm-hmm. And I, I may drink again. Yeah. But I was getting to the point where it wasn't just... on an occasion thing like i was drinking because you needed to get buzzed i wanted to get buzzed Mm -hmm. instead of enjoying my whiskey right and there's a difference when you drink to enjoy your drink versus drinking to catch a a high from it Mm -hmm. it's a different scenario yeah so and alcohol is a depressant and if you have depressant issues depression issues and you're drinking to get fucked up and you wake up the next morning and you're hungover and you take advil uh ibuprofen for your your hangover Mm -hmm. you are now curing your depressant with something that's 42 times 42 percent more likely to make you depressed so you're already having a depressant in your system from the alcohol that you drank the night before and then you're taking advil or ibuprofen which will its studies have shown can make you up to 42 percent more likely to become depressed i'm good on that i don't i i my depression right. sucks enough i don't need to add to that uh people are going to hear, hear that and then still continue to put those depressants in their body yeah, and are. wonder why their life is so bad yep All right, last email, frustration and communication advice. Firstly, your videos are amazing. I love the advice, and I can see how you both have a heart to help people improve relationships. I was hoping you might have some outside perspective on a specific point of friction my husband and I have dealt with since day one of our marriage. Okay. That's a pretty bold, not bold statement, but that's a very telling statement mm-hmm. well since day one of their marriage right not day one of their relationship my husband is the most amazing man i've ever met after three years of marriage i see more and more things about him daily that make me feel so lucky to be his partner however my husband grew up in a household where his mother constantly berated his father and nothing he did was good enough his father was very submissive to this and mostly kept his head down pause so he's a shell of a man mm-hmm. the the dad was a shell of a man yeah. who allowed his woman woman to stay in her masculine the entire time that they were together and lived and berated mm-hmm. and we talk about this constantly when there are children in the home children will grow up and either act that behavior out or they will expect that behavior mm-hmm. and i don't know where this is emails going but i'm willing to bet you that that childhood fucked him up somehow oh yeah because otherwise it wouldn't be included in the email right There is plenty of emotional manipulation going on, even from mother to children. There you go. No one appreciates me, etc. But also a lot of conflict that took the shape of raised voices and vocal friction, of vocal frustration, and cutting his father down. She also threw things around sometimes, so there was some physical instability, though they never act, though never actual physical abuse. So before we keep going. The mom saying no one ever appreciates me to the children specifically. If you don't cho- show your children appreciation for anything, why would they show you appreciation back? You haven't taught them what appreciation right. is. 
That's a damn good point. Every single night that I put the kids to bed, I tell them I'm proud of being your mom. I love being your mommy. And they look at me and like, I love being your sweetheart. Mm. I love being your little man. Thank you for being my mom. Our son hit me with that the other night. I started crying. Your children are not going to show you a level of gratitude. You can't expect a level of gratitude from your children if you haven't shown them that level right. of gratitude. Yeah, it's your, it's your job as a parent to teach them and raise them. And if what you're teaching them is to not have gratitude, you're right. not going to get it. Yeah. Just reiterated your point. <laughs> was that a good point? It was. Okay. I'm sorry I need reassurance like that. Sometimes I feel like I'm silly when I just throw things in. No, I only repeated it and then said what I said because I literally repeated what you said and then was like, well, I just fucking repeated you. Because I didn't need to. I could have just kept my mouth shut because you literally just made the point. So I, I said the same thing you did right afterwards, and I was just acknowledging that I said the same shit. I'm having a massive deja vu moment right yeah. now. Yeah, it's, it's fucking stupid. Needless to say, my husband's childhood experience with conflict was pretty toxic, intense, and outward. When he went to college, he decided to go no contact with his family for a couple of years because he knew he had to work on his perspectives and learn the truth and unlearn some toxic behavior before finding the woman he wanted to marry. Ooh. Oh, boy, he, oh boy, did the work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he has taken very little toxic behavior from his upbringing into our marriage, and I am in awe of that. Had a point I want to say, and I forgot. Sorry, keep going. It'll come back to you. No, I won't. I appreciate the faith, though. <laughs> I, alternatively, grew up in a home where raised voices were rare. My parents always attempted to talk things through, and we would have family meetings. My parents' marriage was very peaceful. I have never seen them argue to this day, so I don't know what their disagreements look like, and it was never handled in front of me, and I've never heard them yell behind closed doors. While I have my own issues stemming from growing up, I am comfortable with conflict and resolving it in a loving, respectful way. I am also usually good at seeing things from his point of view, having been raised to see conflict in this way. In our marriage, my husband is subconsciously very escalatory. Raising voice is a given. Although he has lines, he would never cross like calling me names, insulting me, throwing things, or other kinds of physical manifestation of frustration. He just yells. He raises his voice and becomes very easily animated, physically and verbally frustrated. His body language is closed off, his tone is rough and loud, and he hears double meanings in the things that I say, although most of the time my meaning is to encourage him or de-escalate. Yeah, it's a trauma response from his mom. Mm -hmm. I happen to be a very non-escalatory person, which I think has been a very good thing for our marriage, because if I ever escalated in any way, even raising my voice a little, immediately everything becomes a hundred times more escalated. So it's a good thing that my natural reaction is to be gentle and quiet or calm. And I almost never raise my voice twice in our three-year marriage I have. I generally try to be very kind to him in our discussions and not become a doormat because my husband is such a phenomenal man and I just cannot lose sight of that during a conversation. I see how he works to communicate. He lets me speak my thoughts all the way through. He tries to edify me by saying, I see what you're saying, etc., Does edify mean the same thing as um, I was actually just placate? Thinking, I was thinking validate, but okay. Um, edify, instruct or improve someone morally or intellectually. Okay. 
So I, that's, I don't think that's the right word. Yeah, but. so it's not the same thing as validate. <clears throat> no. Or placate. Right. So it's not like he's just saying it to end the conversation. Right. Okay. I think that she needs to view that as validation because yeah. he's, he's able to tell her, like, I heard what you said. I'm yeah. sorry for it, whatever. He, he needs to learn emotional maturity and discipline. Mm-hmm. That, that flying off the handle is a learned behavior, and, like, you can unlearn that shit. Right. I'm trying to do it. Right. I am somebody who raises my voice. I used to and, scream and yell constantly. Yeah. I just don't do it anymore. I, I can't recognize my voice raising when I'm emotional. Mm. The first time you hit me with that, I was yelling at you. I broke down because I had no idea. I still, I sounded like I sound now in my mind yeah. when I was speaking. So I have zero volume control when I'm in an emotional state. Well, I had zero volume control. I have gotten a lot better about raising my voice. I catch myself when I raise my voice and I apologize for it. He has to be more aware and in the present. When somebody has an emotional reaction like that due to childhood trauma, they are reliving their past in the moment. Yeah. Or that it's just a behavioral trait and they're habitually responding to something. Could be a defense deflecting. It could be a lot of things. Yeah. I think that you guys need to try the check in and you need to tell him, like, hey, moving forward, when you start to get animated or loud, I would like to be able to check you. What is the right way to do that? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I love you. Why are you raising your voice with me? Because that, that's something that would work for me. Right. You know, if if I started screaming at you and mm-hmm. you were like, hey, wait a minute, you love me. Why are you treating me this way? I would feel like ass. Yeah. And it would make me reel that back in and I would stop what I was doing until I was calm uh, because I don't want to be that guy. I just don't. Right. The main problem stems from the fact that no one else in my entire life has ever raised their voice to me, rolled their eyes subconsciously at a point I am trying to make, or is so easily escalated to frustration, tension, and defensiveness at anything I might say. So when I am on the receiving end of that kind of frustration from the person I trust and love the most, it is extremely hurtful and painful to me. I have no frame of reference for being spoken to that way. Sometimes the words he says are meant to be hurtful, like a sarcastic, yeah, but yeah, because that's the person I am. Meant to make it seem like I am out of line in a perception I've shared. I can't take tension between us. I start internally panicking. I often cry, which he hates because to him, he's not doing anything so rough or horrible to elicit crying. And usually I try to de-escalate us through talking, clarifying everything so he understands me and doesn't feel frustrated or attacked. Unfortunately, I recognize that this has led us into a dynamic of uneven communication. I talk far more than I listen out of fear of it becoming an argument or of him yelling. No matter how kindly and gently I speak, it isn't even, and he, and he isn't listened to as much as I am. So to eliminate that you continuously talking to hope that he understands your point, ask him, now repeat that back to me. Right. What did you just hear me say? He's going to repeat it back to you, and it's probably going to be wrong. Probably. And you're going to say, no, that's not what I meant. Let me rephrase that so I can help you understand what I'm trying to say. Right. A lot of times when people are emotional, what they hear and what's actually said are definitely not the same thing. Mm -hmm. We have had many conversations where I've told him about how it bothers me when he yells, how it hurts to be on the receiving end of his escalation and feels like he has lost all love and respect for me in that moment. Through years of conversation, he has begun to see how he does yell, something he didn't even believe he was doing before, and how it makes me feel. Things have progressively gotten better. These conversations are fewer and further between. However, they still happen, and they still hurt me as much as ever when they do happen. This triggers the same conversations again. My husband wants me to see only how much less... 
My husband wants me to see only how much less often this happens. And I hold the opinion, which I try to state gently, that even though it happens less, it still makes me feel like my feelings and my position as his wife are unimportant. Okay, he didn't pause. She just invalidated everything and that he's doing. Mm -hmm. If he's if he's like, babe, it's happening a lot less. I'm really fucking trying. And you're like, yeah, it's not enough. I would stop trying everything. I, I would, too. If he's if he's really trying and you see that he's trying, validate that. Mm -hmm. And then just remind him it still sucks to hear it. I see that you're trying. I fucking love you for it. And, and you're doing a really good job at it. But when it happens, I still have the right to feel the way that I feel. You know, you could even say because it's happening for fewer and farther between and because you're having so much work, it's becoming harder for me because it's not the regular anymore. Right. So when it happens, it's just a harder blow. Yep. You're right. She just did invalidate all of the work he's putting into it. Mm -hmm. And we don't know if she actually does that or not, but in the email, she absolutely did. Yeah. So makes my feelings, my position as wife unimportant that I am unimportant because if you were ever because if he were to ever tell me that something I did in our communication bothers him or hurts him deeply I would stop it immediately and never do it again well that's easy for you because it's easy to say that right but even then you didn't grow up with the childhood he had right he was in survival mode because the people who were supposed to keep him safe in his childhood were the were the fear. Yeah, because he had an, uh, an emasculated, weak male father figure. Mm -hmm. If his if his father was a man in that fucking household, and his mom started pulling that bullshit, and he put his foot down and fucking made it stop, and mm -hmm. knew how to talk to her instead of placating her and accepting it and appeasing, that shit would stop. It's also because of that weak man that his child children had a messed up childhood. Yeah, absolutely. Weak men. Cause bad childhood for children. Yeah. I mean that in all aspects. A weak man in my eyes is a man who has children and doesn't support them. I agree. You know you have a baby and you haven't seen that child yet. You're a weak man. And I mean of choice. If right. you are choosing to actively not be in your children's life, you're a weak man. Right. You know, we were talking about breaking habits. And I was thinking... Breaking a habit has a negative tone to it. It does. Because you only break bad habits. When you're breaking a bad habit, what you're really doing is trying to form a new positive habit. Right. You should be. So instead of saying, I'm trying to break a habit, say, I'm just trying to form a new, better one. Yeah. Trying to reset my default settings. Right. So what he is doing is trying to reset his default settings. Something that he's had his entire life. Right. From childhood. Yeah. And behavioral or survival behavioral traits like that are mm -hmm. instilled in who you are as like part of your personality. That becomes your core. Yeah. That's you, not an easy thing to, to get over. People with childhood trauma like that, it takes sometimes a lifetime to get over some of that shit. Like, there are people that know how to process it that aren't over it, mm -hmm. that have lived a lifetime with their fucking traumas. Right. You can't expect somebody to just change because you had to talk with them. So the only way that I can think to put this is when you build a foundation of a child, of who that child is, a foundation is made out of cement. Yeah, should be. So I'm not going to use that foundation. No, I am going to use that foundation analogy. So a foundation is made out of cement. If you want to break that foundation and build a new one, you literally have to break it apart. Mm. And what he is doing is manual. He is chiseling that shit with his hands, trying to break apart that foundation and build a new one so your guys' marriage can be better. Yep. 
You got to acknowledge that. You do have to acknowledge that. And just because you say that it would be easy for you to never do that again. Yeah. You have a healthier mindset than he does. Right. But you're also not being the one told to break your habits. Right. It's very easy to be like, yeah, I wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. Well, until you're in that situation, you have no idea what you would do or how you would react. Right. And if he told you that something that you're doing doesn't work and you are actively making the decision to do it, it's going to take time. Mm -hmm. You're not just going to fixed. Right. It doesn't work that way, especially if you have learned behavioral traits. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, mm. you would hope that your partner would have grace with you yeah, and be understanding and say, I, I, I know you slipped up, but this is the first time in the last three months you've slipped up. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. You're changing. You're improving. You recognized you slipped up. Yeah. You're doing better. Instead of saying, yeah, you're doing the work, but it's not good enough yet. It's not up to my standards yet. We do that. What do you mean? Because like you, you, you do the yell thing. You raise your voice and don't realize you're doing it, yeah. and, and you cut me off in conflict. When we're yeah. arguing and I'm making a point, you will just talk right the fuck over me because I try to talk like this the whole time. Mm-hmm. And in the event that you're starting to get animated and frustrated and you do that, I will stop talking. Me being interrupted will shut me the fuck down. Like, if I can't have my point come across, I'm not talking to you. Right. But when you do that, you stop every single time and go, I just realized that I cut you off. I'm sorry. And I'm like, I appreciate that. And then I continue my point and we go. Or mm-hmm. if you start to raise your voice... You apologize. Well, I normally have to point out the raising of the voice thing. Like, why are you talking to me like that? Um, but I, I'm one of those people that will hear my voice go up and realize that I'm starting getting frustrated and stop, take a breath and apologize mm-hmm. because I don't want to scream. I don't want to yell. I don't want to be that guy. Right. Um, but in those moments when those things happen and you catch it and I thank you for catching it, I'm reinstilling. I'm giving you positive affirmations on your efforts. Right. It Even though it doesn't feel good in the moment because you're frustrated, you still feel that I see your efforts and what you're doing, it's helpful. Right. Have grace. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you a question now, and this does pertain to our personal life. I, from my perspective, living in myself, I feel like I have been doing better and not raising my voice when we get into conflict. You have. Okay. Because now I know sometimes like what I'm perceiving is not reality. Right. Like me raising my voice and I have no idea it's happening. So... I'm almost like I'm fairly certain that I have caught myself without you having to point it out and say, I recognize that I'm doing this. You have. Okay. You have that, which is a new thing yeah. on the raising of the voice. That's a new thing, but we've had five arguments yeah. in two years, three years, however long it's been. Yeah. We don't argue much. And, and, and again, the arguments are not arguments. They're miscommunications. You're mm-hmm. saying something and I don't hear what you're saying. I'm hearing what I fucking hear. Right. And I'm like, wait a minute. And, and a lot of that has been resolved with, that's not what I said. Mm-hmm. What did you hear me say? This is what I said. And in trying to explain it in a different scenario, right. but we, we've never had, we've never had a fight. Mm-mm. We've had arguments, yeah. but we've never had a fight. We've never screamed and yelled, thrown things in the kitchen. We've never had conflict that was elevated to the point where we were yelling at each other. One person will start yelling, the other person will be like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. and that shit stops. Yeah. So we've never had an actual fight, not once. <clears throat> okay, so I have two points. The first point is we've also never been in a situation where we were at odds with each other because of the other person's actions. Right, because we're very deliberate in what we're doing. Right. We have a respect for each other that we know it's a standard. Yeah. And if one of us slips, like there will be consequences. And we were both aware of that. And we are both aware that the other one will uphold those consequences. Right. That's something that should be in every relationship. If you let somebody walk all over you and they know that there's going to be no reprimanding for what they do, they're going to continue to do it. Why would they respect you? Because you've right. shown you don't have respect for yourself. Yep. If you don't see your value, why would your partner? Right. Yep. Damn, I was going to say that. And you, you added it into the point. 
And then my next point is, so because we have those standards, we catch each other and we go, baby, you're raising your voice. Or if we're both frustrated and you're in an emotional state and you haven't been able to check your logical state, you'll say, you don't have to yell at me. Mm-hmm. And even though that could be taken as an asshole thing, that's me to check myself because right. now I'm recognizing you're also frustrated <clears throat> and that's the only way you can let me know this is what's happening. Right. Because of those standards in our relationship, we don't allow it to get to the point where we're screaming and yelling at each other and throwing things. Right, because we respect each other. Right. And we respect our marriage. If that's your relationship, it's because you two allow it to get to that point. Right. Things like that don't just happen. You know, you don't enter a room and just start screaming at each other. You start at a normal conversation and then he raises his voice and then you raise your voice because you feel like that's disrespectful. Right. Well, she said she doesn't do that. Right. This is just a hypothetical. Okay. This is a hypothetical. And because he raised his voice, you raised your voice to match because you want to feel like you're on the same big dick energy. And then he's going to start calling you names. And now you're going to start throwing his past in his face. Those yeah. are all choices both of you are making yep. to allow it to be escalated. Just a simple, babe, I love you. Why are you yelling at me? Yeah. That is enough to put that person in check. And that ties into the <clears throat> email if he's working on it and now it's very few and far in between and he starts raising his voice, be like, babe, you've been doing so good. Let's bring it back in a little bit. Yeah. I love you. You're doing great. You're raising your voice a little bit. You know, even in asking somebody like, why are you yelling at me? Mm -hmm. That can, that can be viewed as aggressive. It can, but I don't see that. Right. If I was yelling at you and you said, why are you yelling at me? Mm -hmm. Instead of stop yelling at me or whatever. That's very different than being like, who the fuck do you think you're talking to? Right. Or I'm not some bitch. You know what I mean? Or, or whatever. Like mm-hmm. you, the, it can obviously be way worse. And you do need to take the moment to check your verbiage because that matters. Yes. But I honestly think that the way that you just said that is the honest and easiest way to go. Mm-hmm. You recognize your partner's getting very frustrated. Check them in the moment by going, hey, you've been doing really good. You're going to get a very different outcome. Then why yeah. are you yelling at me? Like the way that you word things fucking matters. And she even said it took him a while to even accept that that was happening because he couldn't believe he was raising his voice. Yeah. I get that. Like that is a total reality shift when you don't realize that you're doing something and you are out of control in your body because of an emotional response like that sucks to hear. <clears throat> now, now I am really hung up on the fact that in the email she didn't say she just glossed over him. You know, I've been doing better and she just glossed over it. That, that is really starting to bother me. Because I do have a very personal connection to understanding that. Yep. Even hitting your partner with, it's not going to help the situation when you yell. That's enough of a reality check. And he could need that reality check. And then if he says, I'm not yelling, babe, you're yelling. Like, I really need you to hear yourself right now. You're yelling at me. That's all it takes. And if he wants to continue to yell, be like, babe, okay, I can see that you're upset. I see you're frustrated. I see you're angry. I'm just going to walk outside. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to give you some time to calm down. And then we can come back and have the conversation because this is really starting to hurt me. Yep. I'm starting to feel hurt. You don't have to stay in situations when this happens. You don't. If he doesn't want to hear the fact that you're telling him that you're yelling, that he's yelling at you, you can remove yourself, give him the space to calm down. And you, I would hope, that in that calm down period, he has a second to take a step back and be like, damn, she was right. Mm-hmm. I hear it now. I did raise my voice. And hopefully when you come back, he's going to say, I'm sorry. 
I hear it now. I, I did raise my voice at you. I've been working on it really hard. I, I don't know what happened. I'm sorry. Yep. And in that moment, you just say, I, it's okay. I acknowledge you're doing really well. You're right. You're doing great. This is just a slip up. You've caught it. We're, we're past it. Positive affirmations are going to get him to the point where you want him to be. Yep. This has happened twice in our marriage, and I am proud of the fact that I've completely stopped doing the two things he said are hurtful or damaging slash triggering for him immediately after he said something. But my husband is a man who, likely because of his parents' marriage, hates any indication of requirement between us or the idea that his efforts aren't enough, something his mom told his dad constantly. He feels like my desire to never yell or have frustration come out verbally slash physically at each other is some at each other is me demanding perfection from him, which I get. He wishes he would get more credit for the improvement we've seen so far, yet it still hurts me when a few months when a few times a month something like this happens again. What did she say that, that she did twice and just never did again? Just two things that triggered or hurt him. And she just stopped? And she just stopped. Okay. That's easy to do when, like, like I said, when you're not breaking your whole foundation and trying to piece it back together. Right. I mean, I don't know what they were. Right. And I don't know if they were behavioral traits or if it was just a, a phrase. Right. I hate the, it when you say this. Mm-hmm. Okay, I won't say that anymore. You know right. what I mean? That's very different than trying to change the way that you respond in an emotional scenario or react in an emotional scenario to somebody. And I'm not, I'm not taking it away from her. Fucking kudos for her to being able to stop doing something because if you're emotional, it's hard to... To do that, I totally missed the spot when I shaved my chin earlier today. Did you? And I can, it's driving me nuts. So he said that he feels like she's demanding perfection. Right. When you don't give him credit for his improvements and all you do is constantly complain about how he hasn't improved fast enough, you are demanding perfection from him. Yeah. It's going to definitely feel that way. That's my, exactly My actions what it is. aren't enough. I can never do enough. I'm never going to be enough. Yeah. Right. And that's what you hear. Like, that, I would really, like, it would really fuck me up if I thought I was doing amazing. And then I slipped up and I was like, but babe, I've been doing so great. Like, and I say it's not enough. No. Yeah. Yeah. That would shatter me a little bit. I know this is not your intention. The the writer of this email, but this is very, this is coming off very you centric. Like your feelings are the only one that matter in this instance. And it's not, there's two of you in this. And even though your hurt is valid, you still have to validate the work he is putting in. Right. If you want to fix this situation, give this man the validation he is begging from you. You know, just like your hurt when he lashes out like this a few times a month when it used to be a very regular thing. And you're hurt because this happens. I want you to think for a second how much it hurts him to realize that he just took two steps back. Yeah. He knows he hurt you. He is hurt by the fact that he has hurt you because this is something that he is actively working on to not let happen anymore. So on top of being hurt and recognizing that he's done it yet again, you're letting him know you let me down and I am disappointed. Yep. And for somebody that has a childhood trauma that they haven't resolved yet, is that's, yeah. nobody wants to feel like they've done something wrong. I've said this over and over and over again. Nobody wants to feel like it's their fault. Right. And for a man, especially, they never want to feel like they've disappointed or let their woman down. Like that's ingrained in who we are as a person. Right. Most like real men don't want to do that. So if we feel like we failed our partner, we're not providing, we're not emotionally there. There, there is something to that about who we are like genetically 
<clears throat> when you come to me, if you ever came to me and you were like, hey, I, you're not really doing a very good job as a husband and as a dad, and here's why, it's not going to matter what you say. Just hitting me with that initial sentence in the very beginning of that is going to make me fall the fuck apart. We're gonna. That would be a very, very hard conversation for me to even have because knowing that I have fallen short in my something I pride myself in, I'm going to struggle with that. Oh, yeah. Like, th- that's a lot. To even, like, think about hearing that is a lot. And I know that not all men are like that. Mm-hmm. I, obviously, I, I hold myself to a different standard than a lot of people do, and I know that. Right. But I don't think it should just be me. I think that the more men hear me say things like this, the more likely they are to go, damn, you know what? He's right. Yeah. You can disagree with me on a whole lot of points, but if I'm making you a better man because you're hearing me say you're not a fucking man when you do X, Y, Z, I'm challenging that shit. I want you to be fucking better. You know, you could also be giving men validation. Yeah. Because in a society where men are put down and emasculated, you're voicing things that they could be thinking like, I want to do this but I don't want everybody in my life to shit on me and I'm going to be alone. Fuck them, dude. Right. I mean that if you, if you are doing righteous things Mm -hmm. and the wicked are trying to hold you down, you should recognize that. Yeah. It's not hard to realize what was it that Winston Churchill said? All it takes for evil to survive is for good men to do nothing. If you believe you are a good, righteous man, a stoic man, and people that are around you are evildoers and they're they're trying to get you to do the shit that you vehemently disagree with and believe goes against your character and your integrity. Don't fall victim to that shit. Mm-hmm. Be the man that you think you fucking are and, and keep your head up. Remove those people from your life. The more men that do that, the more it's going to be normalized and accepted. Right. The more that they're going to see it's okay for me to want to be a gentleman and hold doors open. And do the things that I think are right to do, even though people want to shit on me for it. Yep. Yep. You know, there are men out there who have have told me that the first time they opened their car door for their woman, they felt out of place. Really? Like they they went around to the side of the car and opened the door for their woman, let them in, walked around and like were checking to see if anybody saw them do it because they were afraid of how that was going to make them look because people don't do that anymore. Right. And you are so caught up in what society is thinking about what's going on that you're not thinking about the fact that your woman... Mm-hmm. is the one that you should be thinking about how she views you and the fact that you are being a gentleman and opening the car door. She's the one that fucking matters to you. Society doesn't matter. Right. Other people's opinions of you, strangers' opinions of you do not matter. If your woman is happy and she's grateful for the things that you're doing in her life. The tape is wrinkled and every time I touch it, I feel it. Oh, um, that's what matters. Yeah. So you shouldn't be looking around thinking somebody's judging you. Mm-hmm. And what are they going to do? Oh, I can't believe you opened the car door for your woman. Yeah, I did. And? You said that in my mind. Yeah. That's all I hear. When you take other people's opinions into account when it comes to your home life, you are making the choice to let other people's outside influence impact your yep. home life. When you come home, if you don't have kids, it's just you and your person. Mm-hmm. And if you and your person are having a happy life at home, but you go out and it changes because you're worried about opinions, you're going to affect your home life. Yeah. And you're supposed to put your partner above everything. Yeah. Said this shit over and over and over again. So in the scenario earlier that you mentioned where the friends make a jokey joke Mm -hmm. and pick on the guy and he changes who he is around his friends because he doesn't want to be picked on, you're weak. So if you're, if you're, if you are that fucking pathetic of a man that you are going to let outside opinions of who you should be dictate the way that you treat your partner. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, even if that means the way that I'm talking, 
that could be a thing. Yeah. And, and, and though I believe this, it doesn't mean that you have to. But I believe you should be a gentleman. I believe you should be a protector. I believe you should put your partner fucking first. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't allow your family to get involved and ruin your, your household. When you get married, you're not marrying into another family. You're starting your own. Your partner should be the most important person to you in your life. More important than your job. More important than your boss. More important than your mom. More important than your dad. Everything. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I know that the the man that I am is lacking in other men so much so that like, I don't have a community that I'm a part of locally. Me either. <clears throat> and we've talked about possibly like getting involved in the church again, because I'm, I want men of integrity who have religion so that we have other followers that we can talk and, you know, interact with. Right. And I don't even want to do that because I've been disappointed so many times by it. And now because of the Patreon and discord, I have, I have men that I can talk to. Um, uh, Great Wolf Tech Tactical, that that's his name on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, he owns a jiu-jitsu school in Tennessee. He's a hunter. He's a man. Like he does all. The, he has a rite of passage with his children. Mm-hmm. The conversations that we had in the live chat last night. If I fucking lived near him, I would make him my best friend. Oh yeah. Just from the conversation that we had in the live, it, because he would hold me accountable. Do you know how amazing it would be if I went up to him and was like, "Man, I'm just you know blah blah blah," and he's like. Lift your fucking chin up, bro. Who the fuck do you think you are? And and to give me that reminder of like what I believe in mm-hmm. and to be held accountable and have another man go be a man. Yeah. And and that doesn't mean like don't be emotional and don't process your shit. Like you can still do all of that, but remember, remember who the fuck you are. You're like, a fucking man. <clears throat> I don't I don't know how the hell this entire podcast has been about masculinity so much, but like I yeah. feel the need to talk about it. I agree with that. This is episode 14 is going to be the masculinity episode. Okay. You know, speaking about, you were talking on something and it just triggered mindset in my mind. There are people who say things like example, you're, you're simping over your woman. If you open the door for her, that mindset says a lot to me. It explains a lot of the things going on in your life to me. A simple mindset like that, if so, if we were at a party and you did something for me and someone tried to give you shit for being my man, I would hit them with that. That mind, I understand why your wife says the things she says to me now. Mm. I would mm. hit them with that shit. Fuck, you'd be starting all kinds of drama. Oh, yeah. We want to play would, games. Would Let's you, play would games. Would you do that even if she didn't say some shit to you just to really fucking stir the pot? Cause no, I wouldn't. I would face. hit them with something truthful. That's funny. Oh, so that's why that Facebook post was made last week. Okay. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Yes. Would you feel safe being with a man that did that? Who uh, poked fun at that? No, a man who allowed his friends to dictate the, his behavior towards you. Because I have I, been with I a man. I see that as weakness. I have been with a man who let his friends influence how he treated me. There's no testicular fortitude in that scenario whatsoever. I had a man I was with use me as the butt of his joke in front of all of his friends while I was present. And you're obviously not with that man. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not with him anymore. That destroyed me. Knowing that he could make fun of me like that to get his friends to laugh, and they did. Yeah. I had a room full of men laughing at me. So it showed you where you were as a priority in his life. Yeah. I don't I don't get it. And I, I left. I, I really don't. I, and I know that we've had this discussion before. I, I believe that your partner should be priority number one. I agree with that. And um, as somebody who's experienced not being... And even in the top three, mm-hmm. it's hard to finally go, okay, okay, enough is enough. 
<clears throat> but at some point you have to look at yourself and go, I am fucking worth more than this. Yeah. There is somebody out there who's going to recognize my value and treat me the way I want to be treated. And when you find that person and they, and they do that for you, you want to go above and beyond mm -hmm. the amount of shit that I do for you. I do for you simply because of the way you treat me. Yeah. I know that. And because you go out of your way to do the things you do for me, it makes me go above and beyond for you even more. Yeah. It's an exchange of energy. I booked us a four day trip for a one hour interaction. You did. This would be 13 hours in a car in two directions over that four day span. So we're literally going to spend 26 hours in a car Yeah. over in a four day span for a single interaction that, you know, is going to make me so happy. I cry. It, it, it's on your bucket list. It's on my bucket list. Uh, we are checking something off of your bucket list. Oh my God. I have no idea what's happening. Yep. Um, but I do that. I, I thought of that. I was sitting on my computer and I had a thought. And I was like, I wonder if I can do this locally. Mm -hmm. And I can't. It's just not possible. So now we're going out of state so to make it happen. We're going, yeah. Yeah, 600 miles out of the state of Florida. And then once we leave Florida, we still have to go through two more states to get to where we're going. So you know how they always say if he <clears throat> wanted to, he would? Yeah, absolutely. If he wanted to, he would. But it's only because you're a good woman to him. So let's... let's transfer that logic mm -hmm. because that's a very real statement we get a lot of emails from people who are like i've been with my boyfriend for 10 years i want to get married and he we he's we're engaged mm -hmm. we've been engaged for five years we haven't got married yet we hear that kind of shit a lot we do it happens a lot what, do, what should i do is he just stringing me on am i wasting the best years of my life is he serious and I'm going to go as far as to say, if you're with someone for five years and you're engaged and you have not actually gotten married, there's no intent there. There is no intent. The engagement ring is to placate you, to mm -hmm. appease you, to think that there's something coming, even though there's no real intent. Yeah. Because if a man wants to marry you and wants that to be a thing and sees the value in having you as his wife, more so than the risk of you bailing on him and, and like there being issues in that, a courthouse wedding would be enough. Mm -hmm. They would be willing to just do the last name exchange and call it a fucking day. You don't have to do the big wedding thing. And if your wife wants that or your fiance wants that and you can't afford it, but she really wants to be married, you can be like, hey, let's go get married. Let's make this official and then let's start saving for a wedding for the wedding. And we can do a ceremony mm -hmm. that doesn't involve the legal aspect because we've already done that. Right. And and you can do a lot. You, you can really start saving and, and like you can. You can even give your woman 10% of your paycheck and be like, I need you to hold on to this for the wedding so that we can start figuring out how to do this in a year or two years mm -hmm. or create a GoFundMe, whatever. If you really truly want to marry someone, you will. <clears throat> That's all there is to that. There's yeah. not a, there's not a, well, you know, we're waiting for the right time. We've gotten emails that were like, you know, he's not going to marry me unless we move out of state. There are so many like what if attachments to all of that. They just don't want to marry you. It's stipulation. Right. It's bullshit. It's excuses. Yeah. The perfect example I have of if he wanted to, he would. I had zero expectations of us getting married. I never thought that was going to be a thing. Well, we because we flat out were like, that's right. not happening. You told me it wasn't going to happen. And I was OK with that. I was OK with living life together. We we're living like we're married. I don't need the title. Right. And you proposed to me. This man told me adamantly he would never get married again. I should never ask for it. And I was cool with it. And he proposed to me. He broke everything he was adamant about because he saw the worth in me as a woman and did not want to lose that. Yeah. If he wanted to, he would. Mm hmm. 
Yep. And and I have to be honest, I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna keep going with this. We we're only two hours in, so we have okay. we have forty five minutes that we can discuss things. On that whole marriage thing, I I am I have always been that guy that a marriage through the state is a piece of paper. Yeah. I don't believe the government should be involved in marriage, period. Mm, I agree. Shouldn't be in, in any shape or format. There's no reason for it. I understand that there's a tax break. Mm-hmm. You get tax breaks if you're married. You get breaks on your insurance cost if there's you're married. Benefits. There are benefits for it to be that way, but I would rather lose those benefits than have the risk, the state involved in my marriage. Mm-hmm. The, the love between two people, any two people is theirs. Mm-hmm. And if they're religious, their covenant is between them and God. Yeah. And if they're not religious and they want to exchange vows to each other and live that life, they should be able to fucking do that. The government should have no say whatsoever, period, in that. Mm-hmm. So I was always the guy that marriage is just a piece of paper. That's all it is because, you know, you're you're getting benefits right. because you can commit to somebody without having to do all of that. I see a different value in marriage than I've ever seen before because I want you to be my wife. I not I wasn't trying to get you to lock down. You know, we did our prenuptial, prenuptial agreements and shit and like we're married. Mm-hmm. I still want you to be my wife every day I wake up and I'm grateful that you're here and that we're doing these things. Our marriage and the way that we live our life is a decision every single day it is and when i think well marriage is just a piece of paper i am cheapening what we have what we have if that's the case you're my girlfriend with a legal document that contract because it is a contract according to the state we are contractually obligated to be together Mm -hmm. and we had to create other contracts to not fuck up our lives in the event that this fucks up and like that's a whole ordeal and like I, i really think that the entire process is cheapened by all of that I just, you know, and with the the state getting involved, it could be one of the reasons why men are less likely to get married because they know they can lose. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and like, if if you had a, a standard across the board for everyone who lives that way, I know that in some countries, if you live with someone for two years, they're entitled to half of everything. Yeah. Even if you're not married. Mm-hmm. And if we had that here, people wouldn't live together. Right. You would, you would wait until you're getting married to actually do that. And it may change the divorce rate. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it could change a lot of things. I think that what we have here is, is systemically flawed. Oh, I agree. Definitely. So. 100%. You're right. Everything would change if after two years someone could take half your shit mm-hmm. without even being married. Yep. People would stop moving <clears throat> in after six or eight months of knowing each other. They would other. stop moving in together, period. They would live separately. Mm-hmm. And that would be a whole lot of, of tax money that the government would be able to collect. Like, it, I'm not, not pushing for that by any means. Fucking taxation is theft. Mm-hmm. But like. That whole process, um, I, I don't know. It's just crazy to me. But the whole point of, that, of all of that being brought up is that I think that if you're with somebody for four or five years and you are not married or making plans to be married, you're wasting your time. I agree with that. Because you know, you know within the first two years it, whether or not this person is compatible with spending the rest of your life with them. And if you go, hmm, maybe not, they're not your person. So I've heard a lot of men say that they know within at least three months, like the minimum of three months on whether or not they're going to marry somebody. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. I, I think uh, as a realist, you don't know someone in three months. You right. are very infatuated in three months. Mm-hmm. You don't know the dirty habits. You don't know the dirty secrets. You don't know the family. There's a lot of unknowns in that scenario. So would you say that that's more accurate after they've been dating for a while and then move in together after three months, they would know if they want to marry the person? If they're living together? Right. Because I think dating separately and having your own households and moving in together is a whole different. I agree with that. Two different universes. I do agree with that. A hundred percent. But I, no, I still don't think that's the case. Well, I mean, it depends on how long you've been dating. 
Right. Because it, three months of living together and you've been dating for two years, yeah, you fucking know. Right. Absolutely you know. Because at that point, you guys are around each other constantly after already learning all the quirks. Mm-hmm. And then you, you're going to know if you're compatible in a living scenario. But, you know, there there are a lot of people who, who do really good dating because they only see each other once or twice a week and they're infatuated and missing and lustful because they haven't seen each other. And then when they move in together, the fights start because they're not as compatible as they thought they were. You know, you can hide a lot of shit if you're only dating once or twice a yeah. week. Yep. You only got to put that facade on for a couple hours. It's not that exhausting. Right. When you get six hours with somebody every single week, you don't know that person. No, not at all. Yep. And and when you look at it that way, how many relationships fail in a year that haven't moved in together because they've already got what they needed from each other? And now there's other people giving attention. The text messages fall off. The good morning beautifuls aren't happening anymore. Like communication starts to shift and change. You're not compatible with that person in that, in that scenario. And like if you have to move in, I still tell you good morning beautiful. I still tell you that. I don't text it to you, obviously. And on days that you get up before me, which lately has been a lot, I don't know what the fuck is going on with my sleep, mm-hmm. but you get up every morning before me and I wake up to a good morning daddy text message. Oh, yeah. When, when I leave with the kids in the morning and yeah. you're still in bed, I text you every morning. Yeah. yeah. So like I, I get that. I'm getting it from you because I'm I'm not sleeping the way that I should. But in the mornings that I get up before you and you're in there sleeping and I come in there at nine o'clock and wake you up, I hit you with that good morning, beautiful. Like, come on, baby, it's time to get up. You hit me with that beauteous Maximus. Yeah. That's yeah. one of my favorite <laughs> things you say. <laughs> beauteous Maximus. Oh, I love it. Yeah. But but I do that still. Right. And Be- the reason that, well, uh, I, I cut you off. Go I'm ahead. so sorry. I, it's just a choice. Okay. That's all I was going to say. It is definitely a choice. It is a choice to make each other the first thing that we see in the morning, even when we're not at home Mm -hmm. or when I'm not at home. I want you to look at your phone and be like, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It makes me feel good. Yeah. Because you could hit me with a, Hey, I have to run to the bank. Hey, I'm going to hit target. Do you want Starbucks? Not good morning. Yeah. I hope you, I hope you have a peaceful poop. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) You've never actually said that. But but it's definitely something I'd say. I would not be mad about it. I'm just saying. Like if that was my morning routine and I and you knew that I woke up and went poop every morning and you were like, I hope everything comes out okay, I would mentally high five you for that. Like (laughs) move the incense burner in there now. And before I leave to take the kids to school, I'm gonna light it for you. That's funny. We're so dumb. That doesn't even happen, but that's funny. It's going to happen. That's funny. Um if that was actually my morning routine, that would be hysterical. Uh and I wonder would, how it would change your mood. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to do it. I, but I, I don't wake up and go first thing in the morning. Right. I normally lay there until I can't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I pick my phone up and go pee. And then I come out here and get an energy drink. Oh, but that incense is still going to be in there. Yeah. That scent's going to be there lingering. Your favorite one. Yeah. And this is how you find new things. That's going to make your husband happy. <laughs> it's the small things. It's the small things <laughs> that add up to big things. That, um... That decision to make your partner a priority matters. When it you is. guys, and, and I, I, this was a topic that's in, I have to name my iPad. Your name your iPad? I'm going to have to because we both have them now. Just like you have your, your notebook, Lily, and I have Frank. I'm going to, I don't know what yet, but I'm going to name I don't know. <laughs> um, but in the event that uh, this was a topic in the iPad is when you wake up in the morning, what does your day look like? Mm-hmm. What is your priority of things? And this isn't mine. I didn't hear that or I didn't think of this on my own. I heard this. But when you wake up in the morning, what does your priority look like? You got to get up, brush your teeth, go to the bathroom, get dressed, check your bank account, maybe run to the bank, maybe hit Starbucks on your way to work for your coworkers. And you list off all of these things that you have to do. So for all of you that I just said that to, what does your day look like? What is your morning like? What is your morning routine? I want you to take a second and think about all that. 
I know exactly where you're going with this. And I'm pausing because I want them to actually think about it. Mm-hmm. Where is your partner in that list? You just went through all your checklist of everything that you do in the morning. Where does your partner fit in? If your partner is not in the top five things, that's a fucking problem. Mm-hmm. When you are home, I wake up, I pee, and the first thing I do is come out and touch you. Even if it's just on the arm. Yeah. Grabbing my foot if I have it in the air. Yeah. Well, your foot is a go-to. I always touch your feet because I know that's a thing for you. It's a different thing for me. Um, it's not a kink. It's a comfort thing. I want to clarify. Right. <laughs> um, but, and that's a thing. Like, yeah. it absolutely is a thing. And sometimes there's no verbal Mm-hmm. there are times my brain is not working yet and I need like I don't know what is going on with my brain lately I've been having major brain fog in the mornings yeah I, and I think it's because my sleep is so erratic and the nightmares that I've been having but we've also been up super late recently yeah we have a lot less free time so we're staying up later yeah to, to have quality time together yeah. we sat on the couch last night until midnight I can't remember the last time we've done that oh because, it's been a while right a because, very long time because the live stream went on until 10 we had a super late dinner but that two hours on the couch was literally just so that we could spend time quality time we didn't have the tv on we were we yeah. were playing chess on our phones and i was holding your feet yeah and then we went to bed and laid in bed and we played chess together on my phone right. yeah i was yeah. trying to help you solve the puzzles uh but what i was saying was because i don't want to forget when yeah. i come out of that room sometimes and my brain is not working yet i will touch you i will pause for a minute and i say a fucking word mm-hmm. you know that that interaction is me letting you know that i love you yeah. i i babe my brain's not working i need my caffeine here's your foot yeah Okay, I'm gonna go get my caffeine now. Mm-hmm. You don't always have to be overly extra, right? But your your partner should be a priority. If you if I walked by you, if you were on the little round chairs out there, and I walked by you, and your foot was in there, and I didn't stop and touch you, and I just not a word and walked right to the kitchen, that would fuck up your entire day. Mm-hmm. Mentally, you would be like, okay, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, what just happened? Because that is not his normal behavior. It would be the same thing for me. If you left with the kids and I didn't hear from you until you got home. And you came in empty handed and like there was no communication and you just went and got in the shower. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't know what to do with myself. Right. I would walk in there and be like, um, you want to tell me what's going on? Yeah. I would absolutely come at you sideways because that is not your normal behavior. And I would feel uh, I almost said betrayed. And I think that might actually be how I would feel because I, would I, feel ex- betrayed too. I expect a certain level of, of intimacy from you. Right. And and there's no other way to say that. I would feel really fucked up over that. And like, it's a choice to not do those things. Right. Yeah. You are actively making because it's a decision either way. Right. You were a decision to go in to do that or your decision to come and talk to me. Mm-hmm. And and I got to be honest, even if I didn't get a good morning text message, the first thing I do is come out here and check our to be better shit. Yeah. I check stats. I see what where the videos are doing mm-hmm. because I'm obsessed over it. Right. And if I came out here and sat down on the computer, put my headphones on and started editing and I saw you walk in and you had Starbucks and you set it down and just kissed my head and went into the shower and didn't say a word. Babe, I'm good. Like yeah. you gave me everything I needed. I got my attention. I got coffee. You're going to go take some quality self-care time. Even if you went and took a bath and didn't say shit to me, like we don't have to have verbal interactions because that's only 20% of communication. But you told me you loved me by buying me Starbucks. Yeah. You kissed me on the fucking head. You made it a point to walk through the door and come to the other side of the house knowing that you still have to go back over there. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot in that. And I recognize that. I cherish those moments. I know that like you, it's an, an active decision. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you do habitually. You are making the choice to get me coffee and to tell me good morning and to kiss me on the head if I'm editing. And just like when you're doing dishes and I come and mess with you, that's a decision. Like right. I, I, you know, I don't know. It's wild to me that people don't have a priority list like that. And I know that I, I thrive in routine. So when my routine gets messed up, it takes me a little while to find a new routine. And during that time frame, things can be ca- kind of chaotic for me. Yeah. But there are routines in everything. It's not just 
the to be better routine right. or the, the shop routine. Your or, wake up routine. Right. What you're doing after you go to the bathroom. Yep. In the morning, mm-hmm. doing your supplements. Mm-hmm. There's a routine in everything. Well, and, and so in that scenario, the supplement thing has even changed. Yeah. Because I'm not taking as much as I was. Right. Um. And even this morning, like I got up and I took my my vitamin complex this morning from Titan. I had you do my injection for me. Mm-hmm. And um. I, I didn't have to do that. I could have done it myself, but yeah. I, I wanted you to, to just be near me. So I was like, hey, come help me. Come do this for me. I, I don't need you to do that. I can right. go in my shoulder. It's, it's fucking damn near water. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but that, that gave us a reason to talk it's while you were doing though. it. It is. That's it. It's just it a reason me an to be in the room. To touch you. Yep. And it is an act of choice. Every single time we do things like that, I shave your head for you. Mm-hmm. That is a routine. Uh, speaking on routines before I continue my thought sitting on the couch for us, there is a routine for us sitting on the couch. Yes, there is. If my feet do not go in your lap, there's a problem. Yeah. If my feet, even if I'm not laying on the couch, I, I sit Facing you. Yeah. I don't face the TV. So if my feet aren't touching you in some form of way, there's a problem. Yeah. And there's always this. Right. And and I will grab you and pull you oh, to yeah. me. You have. Yep. I love it when you do that. I know you do. I know you do. Uh, I love it. The, but the, those those routines matter. If we started sitting on separate couches, mm-hmm. like regularly, every once in a while, I will sit directly underneath of the AC vent. Yeah. That's intentional. Mm-hmm. But I don't do it every time. I know it's because you're hot. But if we did that every single time and that was my spot on the couch and yours was over there, where's our intimacy? Right. You know, when we bought our furniture, I made it a point to not buy couches that had consoles. Mm-hmm. I don't want a division. a division between you and I when we're on the couch. Mm-hmm. This is our time to sit down together. And those little dividers destroy your intimacy. Mm-hmm. If you have separate recliners, you're not going to ever touch a partner. Yep. You are creating division by your your dollar. You are making an active decision to purchase something that's going to destroy the intimacy in your home. That was an active concern for us when we were buying it, couches. It was, and we sat on a lot of couches, and all yeah. the ones that we really liked had the dividers, and mm-hmm. I was like, this is not going to happen. I'm not buying one of these. Yeah. I will buy fucking bean bags before I buy a couch that has a divider between it. Like I, I just don't want that. You know, we have four different pieces of furniture to sit on in our living room. And there are times where you're back here editing and my back hurts so I can't sit back here. So mm-hmm. I'm sitting on one of the circular chairs. When you are done and you come into the living room, you sit on the couch, I move. Yep. I get up and I move all of my shit to sit next to you. Yep. That is an active choice to have that intimacy. Yep. It is. It absolutely is. And I have no idea what my other point was because I went back to that one. Do you want to read a, a thank you email? Oh, we're not done with this one. Holy shit. I thought we were done. No. We've just been over here running our mouths. Well, you went off on a point and you were like, it's only been two hours. We have 45 minutes. Oh, what? That's because I thought we were done with the email. No, we're not. I don't even <laughs> remember what this is about. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a surprise. It's like we're starting all over. Okay. The main problem stems from the fact that no one else in my entire life already read that. Oh, wait. This is the argument email. This is he yells. Yeah. Okay. I remember. Yes. His definition of yelling and escalating is determined by his childhood where the yelling and escalating was a thousand times worse than anything he has ever happened between us. And I want so badly to just praise him and encourage him with the fact that he is one, much better than he used to be, and two, leagues better than his parents, mom specifically, were. A few times I have done this, and it really edifies him. But I feel so much pain and hurt in those conversations when they do happen, and I know... There is a way to communicate where I can be his safe, peaceful space and we can have a loving conversation about difficult subjects. 
That's all I want. And I feel that either he does not believe that that is possible or that the way we can communicate now with much less frustration is good enough. You're telling him it's not good enough. Mm -hmm. Of course, he's going to feel like nothing is ever going to get better because even in the moments where you're telling him, I recognize that you're doing work, you're still shitting on him. She, I, it gets it blows my mind that she keeps saying that she recognizes how much better he's doing and how much he's trying and then it's just not enough right this is one of those moments where you're gonna have to put your hurt aside because somebody's healing right well it, it's more than that she said she actually said that last paragraph that mm -hmm. she wants to tell him you're doing better you're doing better than you were you're doing better than your parents right but she's choosing to be hurt and she's choosing her hurt over right. validating right him. that's a problem right Massive problem. That that whole arguing thing and him raising his voice and, and doing the things that he does that his parents did and all of those behavioral traits that he's working through. So in the event that he is raising his voice and doing that and it's not as bad as it was before, he feels like he's still improving. Right. And the moment you go, you're yelling and hurting my feelings, and he's like, I'm I'm doing so much better. He's, he doesn't know he yells. So he could be like, I don't even know that I'm doing that. But I am improving. Like, if you're harping on the fact that he raised his voice for the first time in a month. Yep. And he goes, but I've been doing better. I don't understand why you're so mad at me or so upset with me. And you go, well, it just hurts me when you do this. He knows it hurts. Right. So when I say that you have to put your hurt aside, I'm not saying that your hurt's invalidated or it's not valid or it's unreasonable. But you do have to acknowledge the fact that he is actively trying to make himself better better. To not only appease you, but make the marriage better. And he wouldn't be doing that if he didn't realize that what he was doing was hurting you and his marriage. Right. That's all I want, and I feel, oh, I don't know what to do. I love and respect my husband so much. He is a strong provider, both emotionally and physically. We constantly seek to outserve one another, and we do have many, many vulnerable conversations. Moreover, he is so humble... He sees how this hurts me and always apologize sincerely afterward, but he simply doesn't have control of his frustration in those conversations. And in his opinion, there should be room for this frustration. Yeah, there I should. agree. <laughs> there if, should be room for that. If he's trying to break generational trauma and trying to heal his childhood trauma and be a better man, there should be a little bit of fucking leeway there. There should be. I'm going to finish reading and I'm going to say my opinion. I want him to have space to feel his feelings, which he says he does see from me, but I fervently believe that there is a way to feel any feelings you need to without them coming out at your partner. He feels that we should be able to recover from these conversations immediately or that they shouldn't even be that big of a deal. I think we can do better for each other. I think there is more out there than we could have together. So you're taking this super personally. You know that... Due to his childhood, his immediate reaction sometimes is to say hurtful things. That is a defense mechanism. That's a survival mechanism. Right. He recognizes that that is not viable in your relationship. You're going to have to remove your emotional detachment and be logical and be like, okay, he's triggered. He's living in the past in this moment. This isn't directed at me. This is something that he needs to work through. Yeah. My my whole train of thought just no, derailed. So I'm then I'll can I'll continue because okay. I was waiting on you to finish that the behavioral trait her recognizing that behavioral trait and that behavioral trauma and working through that mm -hmm. in the moment and not taking it personally is the answer. It is yeah. And then when he's done, be like okay 
I hear you. Mm-hmm. I just want to let you know you raised your voice. I, I'm, I heard everything you said. I would like you to dial it back a little bit and let's have a conversation. Acknowledge the trauma. Yeah. Whatever just happened obviously really frustrated you. And I'm sorry that that happened. I just let's dial it back a minute and then have a conversation. Yeah. But acknowledge it. I agree. And and you can acknowledge it without shitting on him. If he's if he if you know he's trying and he's been trying and he has that moment, you just be like, hey, you did just kind of yell a little bit. Let's let's dial it down. Let's take a minute. Mm-hmm. Just take a minute. Yeah. And, and we can talk about it. You don't even have to be like, how dare you fucking raise your voice or how dare you not remember you were trying to work on that you know it doesn't have to be that way what do you think i can do i have determined that i need to listen better to stop reacting in panic and speaking over everything when there is frustration and escalation wait a minute wait, wait that's new yeah that is speaking over him when he's frustrated it's gonna make him raise his voice more because he's not gonna feel heard that people yell yeah naturally when when you say what and I have to repeat myself. You're going to raise your voice a little I bit I raise more. my voice. Because you think it's a hearing issue. Right. That's fucking absolutely right. Mm-hmm. So in the event that I'm trying to say something to you and you are talking while I am talking, I'm going to have to talk over you. Right. My voice is going to go up. So in moments of frustration where he's speaking and she speaks over to him, that's trying to dominate the conversation. It is. So he's going to raise his voice to show dominance over you. I am speaking. Mm-hmm. You're triggering... Him yelling at you if you were speaking over him constantly like that. Yep. And she didn't say that in the rest of the email. No, she didn't. To try to hear his points through the tone and work on being less hurt by the escalation. I'm also trying to notice when it starts looking like we may go there in the conversation and say, let's take five minutes. Let's take a break. That's smart. But I am very bad at both of these things. More often than not, I revert to trying to talk him down. I hate ending conversations without resolution. As I continue trying to improve, is there anything else that you may help that you think may help or have some perspective I am missing? Um, we, we've hit a lot on the perspective. Yeah. I want to point out that your response to him yelling and doing what you're doing is your behavioral trait. You need to break that you can't break to help him break his. Mm-hmm. So everything that you just said earlier about how you want him to just fix this and not do it anymore. Yeah. You are doing your behavioral traits to him while all of this is happening and you were unable to break it. So remember when you said it was super easy to just stop what you're doing? Stop it. Yeah. Stop talking over him. Stop taking it so personally. And recognize that he is putting in the work. Yep. And you don't have to explain yourself 900 times. You don't, you don't. have to you don't have to keep talking to de-escalate the situation. Mm-hmm. If you have to say your point, and he's super frustrated by hearing your point. You don't have to keep talking. You can make your point. Let him be frustrated until he calms down. The conversation doesn't have to continue. I don't understand that the need for people to have a back and forth. Right. If you say something to me and I heard you mm-hmm. and this has happened and I've repeated your point to you and you start to speak and, and start doing the same thing again, I ask you, are you about to say the same thing that you just did? Because I heard you, babe. I validated you. I understand. And you're like, no, you're right. You did. I know that you hear me. I'm just frustrated. Mm-hmm. And it stops. That's the end of it. When you are repeating yourself over and over and over again to your partner, it's because you don't feel heard even though they told you right. and validated, which means you're emotionally upset and you need something more than just to be heard. In that scenario, you could just be like, I'm really fucking frustrated with you right now. I appreciate that you heard me and I need a minute. Get up, walk away. Right. You don't have to have a back and forth. people. You don't have to engage in conflict. Mm-mm. It's a choice. 
If I walked in the house and you were like, you motherfucking piece of shit, I would walk right back out the door. I would go out to the car and be like, I'm going to go for some Arby's Mm -hmm. and get me a a big old beef and cheddar. Would you like some food? And when I come back in, would you like to try that again? And if you started screaming, I'm not coming home. I'm going to go get a hotel. Like, I'm not doing that. I don't have to engage with you. If I if we have an argument, it's because I'm choosing to do that. I I don't I don't get it. I really I'm, don't fuck get it. I'm not choosing to not engage. I just I can't continue your conversation or I'm gonna lose my point. Okay. You good? I know. I, I just don't want you to feel like I'm ignoring you. I, I don't at or, all. Okay. So she said, I'm also trying to notice when it starts looking like we may go down there in conversation and say, let's take five minutes, let's take a break. But I'm very bad at both of these things. Mm-hmm. You said it was super easy for you to just stop. Right. To break those habits. To break habits. I just, I'm flabbergasted because you were so sure of yourself prior that you're able to just stop what you're doing and breaking the habit when you know that it's triggering him. Talking over him is triggering him. Not allowing him the time to cool down and keep pushing and pushing and pushing and try to get resolution Mm -hmm. when he needs a second. It's triggering him. Which is making matters worse. Um, I'm going to be honest right now. It's, it's a you problem. You are the problem in this scenario because you are not checking yourself when you're expecting him to check himself. If you are, if both of you are unable to check yourself in a moment of conflict, nothing will ever be resolved. Right. And, and, um, Shit's not resolved in conflict. It's not. You're not going to be able to resolve what's happening in conflict. You have to to wait until things de-escalate to the point where you can have a conversation. If you and I are screaming at each other, we're not hearing things. We're just hearing that we're yelling. Right. All we hear is how loud the tone of voice. We're not hearing the words. And how we feel Mm -hmm. and how we're making each other feel. Yeah. And that is more important than the communication that's going on because you feed off of each other. Mm -hmm. If if your partner is upset and you come home and you've had a really good day, and you're around your upset partner for two or three hours, you are not going to feel good. Mm-mm. You are going to feel fucking drained, walking on eggshells, trying to accommodate them and make them feel better and not fall into what they're going through. Your and, whole day's ruined. And give it enough time, you will. Mm-hmm. So when you're in conflict with your partner and they're getting upset and you're matching that energy, you are going down that rabbit hole with them. You can't do that. Yeah, Y'all are digging your own grave. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say. Have anything else? Oh, fuck. Fuck. All it takes is a wink. Abraham Lincoln? Ronald Reagan. <laughs> Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. Okay. That's funny. Let's let's do it. <laughs> oh man. And no one's gonna get that. No, I'm, nobody's I'm gonna get it. I'm not telling them either. Can you um let's read a thank you email? You wanna read a thank you yeah, email? Yeah, we have twenty minutes. That was funny. <laughs> Oh, that fucks me up so bad. You know, the, uh, while you're looking for that, I'm going to talk about accountability because okay. that that email, she took accountability in a lot of it, but she was not taking responsibility. Right. And you can take accountability and not take the responsibility. You're not going to get any change. Mm-hmm. You taking the accountability and recognizing that you did something wrong and that you are, the, you are the one that needs to change and try to make things better. And sometimes that means being the bigger person. That's fine. But you have to take responsibility for your shit as well as as trying to get your partner to correct theirs. I agree with all of that. Random thank you. Is that what that was? What? Oh, you said you're looking for a random thank you. Yeah, I am. I thought that email that just came through was a thank you. All right, random one. Just says thank you. 
That works. Hey, y'all. I'm not one for emailing in a podcast, but I had to send this to say a quick thank you to both of you. Long story short, I'm 34 years old and a stay-at-home wife. I was raised by a very liberal, very feminist. Oh, I was raised very liberal, very feminist, and very confused. I had a shitty set of parents who gave me all sorts of baggage and trauma to carry for my whole life. Fast forward to me turning 22 and meeting my husband, who is a staunch conservative and has a very deep and has a very deep in his faith with God. Love that. I'm fixating on a sentence. I need to move on. <laughs> when when words, I know, I know. It's hard. I've had to tell you. Next. <laughs> the total opposite of me, but a mirror image of me at the same time. I fell in love so fast, and now here we are 11 years later. I feel in so many ways like I've waited the last decade of our marriage by not hitting by not having my shit together. I feel like a baby who is just learning to walk because in so many ways, just recently have I started to realize how wrong my behavior has been towards my husband. There's that accountability. That is really good. I've been angry, mad, and controlling. And I have begun to realize how wrong I am. So one day, YouTube brings me this girl who looks like me. She's got piercings and tattoos, and she's talking about being a stay-at-home wife. What the fuck? (laughs) I thought I was the only one. Fast forward again to a few weeks of watching her and her husband's content. And I know I need to put what I've been learning from this amazing couple into action. (sighs) This whole thing is just like a mind fuck to me. Because I have a hard time with the fact that people can perceive me when I'm not in a room. Right. Like people can build memories of me and five years ago, someone would be like, oh yeah, I remember this thing that she did and I haven't talked to her in two years. Right. That makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. So knowing that someone was sitting in their living room scrolling on YouTube and saw a video of me and was like, oh my God, I relate to her. (laughs) I'm not even there. That's just a recording of me. Like when I'm dead, that's still going to be there. And people are like, oh my God, she's fantastic. You were leaving your legacy behind on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, my skin's uncomfortable. I need a second. Jazz hands. Spirit fingers. <laughs> oh, man. That led me to put a challenge on myself. Ooh, I like that too. For Lent this year, I want to take my husband's boots off every day for him. Also, no more saying no. Ooh, taking the fucking boots off. I have goosebumps. So do I. <laughs> Like, not only do I love that she challenged herself, I love that for him. Yeah. I bet that threw him for a fucking loop. Yeah. That, that There's a whole new level of submission. And it, it and I don't mean that in like a, a dirty way. No. That there is so much involved in that for me when you yeah. do that, that I can't even put it into words. It's the kind of thing where I know no other woman is going to do that for you. Yep. You know, I will never do that for another man. You are the only man who gets my attention like that. And it's going to be like that for the rest of my life. There is a devotion in that. It is. Yeah. That's fucking wild, man. It's a lot. I want to, I want to follow up. Yeah. And holy shit, this works. Yeah. (laughs) I'm only day four into this, but I already realize how different my thoughts and feelings towards my husband are. I realize how tired he is after work. And how happy he is right after his boots come off. I also realize how much my anger and controlling nature has made him quiet about things just from not wanting to fight with me. My heart is hurting, 
but seeing clearly so many behaviors I have exhibited that have hurt the man I love, I'm so driven to change. Thank you for being true to who you are and for never being afraid to speak the hard things. People out... <laughs> Fuck, I'm going to cry. Yeah, me too. <sighs> Made me emotional. People are out here listening and you're changing lives, mine included. Clip, AJ. This is for you, AJ. <laughs> yeah, it got me too. I don't have to worry about my ruining my makeup, though. I can just smear it off and call it a day. This is why I pull my eyes down. You know, my, our daughter at night now, she goes, Mommy, look, and she does this, and she goes, It's pink, and it makes me sad. <laughs> I'm like, why does it make you sad that like, it's pink? I was like, Baby, why does that make you sad? And she was like, Not sad, scary. I'm like, Why is it scary? She goes, it's my eyeballs. <laughs> and I'm like, then baby, just don't pull on it. <laughs> but now when I do that, that's all I think about. That I can't tell you how much that makes my soul happy. Yeah. Like. When was that email sent? February 26th. Hit her back. It's the 11th, which means Lent is uh, halfway through at this point for her. I think. She was four days in on the. Maybe Four not. days in, yeah. Uh, I hit her back and be like, hey, can we have an update? We just read this. It'll be on episode 14. I would like an update on, on where your marriage is right now and how this has changed your life. Uh, also, ask her if she's implemented the check-ins with her husband. That was beautiful. That really was like, oh, I can tell I'm really, really getting ready to cry because my throat hurts. It's not just the welling up. Like, I can feel it in my throat, and that's when I know I'm really getting ready. To like, ah. <laughs> So I, I got to reel it in a little bit. Well, we can call it. No, we can't, because I have to say my point. Okay. I can't describe the feeling I have knowing that when you have had a hard day, or you're tired, and you're exhausted, and you feel like the whole world is against you, and knowing when you come home that I'm your peace... Oh, fuck me. I know how stressful your life is. And I know how hard it is. And I know the things that bother you and get under your skin. And there's a million things on your mind at any given time. And you're just always exhausted. Seeing your face light up when you see me and knowing that I can take your boots off for you. Making you feel like you're special in a world where nobody gives a fuck about you. That means a lot to me. And knowing that me sharing this is giving other men that feeling in their marriage. Yeah. Oh, fuck me. I love you. <laughs> like a stupid amount. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, now we can end it. It's not going to stop, so I'm going to stop wiping it. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to hit your little final goodbye? Yeah, I appreciate you guys being here. This this is really a blessing in my life to be able to have these conversations and communicate the way that we do. And knowing that we have the support and that it's actually affecting change in people's lives. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys on the next one. Bye, guys. For those of you who enjoy our content and would like to support us and help grow the channel, the easiest way to do that is a super chat here on YouTube. For those of you who really, really like the content and would like to see more of it, check out our Patreon group. It gets exclusive content that will never be seen here on YouTube, early release stuff for those of you who are just as impatient as I am, as well as live streams with a live chat every Friday night. If you can't afford to do either one of those or you're just not into that, 
The next best thing that you can do is share this with people who you feel may vibe with it. No matter how you decide to support us, it's super dope, and we thank you.